every man. The show is about to start in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. You'll be fine on the mountain. Time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Built by the Barn Dominium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Juice Wells, all the way, touchdown Gamecocks. Pressure, and he just does it. All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey and built by the Barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, if you live in Georgia, or if you live in the state of Tennessee, JB, JC, and Phil, JC will be here in just a few moments. And he's wrapping up JC and Morgan, but Phil and I are here and we'll take you till two o'clock. We'll be joined uh, coming up in just a little while by John Whittle at 1120 with the Big Spur. Boy, is there a lot to get to with him? Uh Well, that was unfortunate. JV was really ramping things up here and I'm actually in the midst of shutting down JC and Morgan. Morgan, so give me just a second here. Y'all Sorry about JB's that. back. I hit all the right. wrong. Good to have you. Well, I was trying to change something no in my uh, no, you're good. Couch. That's all right. Yeah, no, I'll talk about. I mean, you need to have a Phil show background for that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> to, uh, happy it's echoes. Like, yeah, all right. Welcome, Phil. Phil. Um, anyways, uh, John will be here to, now. We have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be here to uh, John will be here to recap a great weekend for Gamecock athletics across the board. Soccer, uh, football, basketball, you name it, all of them winners. And hopefully we'll continue to be hoops. will be back on the floor tonight. Obviously, uh, the big win of Ravander will be much discussed. Pat DeMarco will join us to lead off hour two. And uh, we will get into the film room with him talking ball with Pat DeMarco. Clearly, the college football coaching world is beginning to do what it does each offseason Jimbo Fisher Zach Arnett both out Arnett this morning if you have missed the news the head coach for 11 games at Mississippi State no longer uh, after their 51 to 10 loss this weekend I'm pretty sure that I cannot remember a time ever in college football where two coaches coached against each other and within 48 hours they were both out of the job Uh, one of them the reaction to the Jimbo Fisher firing was, well, my gosh, he won 51 to 10. Yeah, they didn't care if he was going to win or lose that game. That decision was made before they even went into the weekend. 
and um, Texas A&M will spread their wings and go. I'll be interested to see w- what this list looks like once they kind of uh, start to whittle things down. Do they have somebody already in mind? Do they have a, you know, uh, are they going to go through the interview process and really truly be open about this thing? Who knows? Mississippi State is in a unique situation as well. Uh, in fact, that um, it's a it's a job that much like South Carolina, you know, there's a lot of potential. It's a blue collar, middle of the pack SEC type position. Uh, there are generally going to be a bunch of coaches that are interested in doing that, and um, we'll see what that looks like. They'll probably have a bunch of coordinators. We'll probably have a bunch of sitting head coaches, and uh, and all kinds of dudes uh, who are interested in that, in that that job. So, a couple of weeks ago, Phil, we we asked. Mike Morgan here on this show, what's the over-under on two-and-a-half SEC coaches being either fired or yeah. removed from their position? So we're, we're on that. We're on it now. One more, and it'll be over. I, I, I feel like the over hits here within 10 days. Do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, who, would, who would be your third? I think Pittman's gone. Do you? Might, that might happen before Saturday, but yeah. either that or it'll happen after the game. I mean, you know, it stinks because that's going to be another one because Arkansas should win against who is it, FIU or somebody like that against nobody. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I hate it. I, 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 I liked Sam Pittman. I, I thought he was good. I just think people get antsy these days. You know, I mean, they're just there's there's hardly any patience whatsoever. No, there's not. And, um, you know, those are two two jobs that are very similar. Arkansas has got more money than Mississippi State, at least on the surface, mm-hmm. it appears that. I mean, I'm not in their financials, so I couldn't tell you that to be true. But, um, you know, generally speaking, we, we, we know that they do. Um, yeah, and then outside of that, I mean, if there are any other changes, again, I think it would go back to – and I'm not saying necessarily just firings either now. I'm talking about over over under new coaches in the league. Um, you know, could Mark Stoops elect to move on? We talked about this last week with – with Iowa, could Kurt Ferentz decide to hang it up at the end of the year? Um, I, I am not one that just firmly believes Billy Napier is just absolutely safe at Florida. I just don't think that. I refuse to think that. And, um, you know, they are 5-5. Five and five. They got beat again this weekend. If they lose at Missouri and they lose at Florida State and they finish the year at 5-7 and seven with losses against Kentucky, Georgia, Arkansas, LSU, Missouri, and Florida State, every one of those stings. And I, I'll, I'll, there's no way. There's no way that there wouldn't be a bunch of voices in, down there in Gainesville, powerful ones, who would be saying, I don't care how much money it costs. We've got it. Move on. Um, now, the question is, would the administration be willing to do that? And what would they have to gain? And what would they have to lose? Transfer portal, recruiting, and all this, that, and the other. So, I don't think he's safe. I really don't. Um, crazy to think that. I'm not saying it's right, but I just don't think that he's safe in this world we're in in 23. So, I agree with you. My point is, you said over. I, I do not disagree. I just think that there are just too many things in motion in this league right now, um, and and I think at least another one's going to going to move. Yeah, I would say so. I don't, I don't know about. Uh, I know Stoops to Iowa was a big thing, I, and I've thought that was ultimately kind of the end game for him for years. But I don't know if Ference is out this year. You know, because I don't. They're not going to fire Kurt Ferentz. No, no, no. He's going to retire and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, I, I think he's kind of counting the years until he gets, you know, some state pension money. No, I'm just kidding. He doesn't need it. <laughs> but he could probably retire from the state with with whatever Iowa's pension is in a year or two because he's been there forever. I right. mean, 
yeah, and has coached in other schools. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if he's ready to give it up. Maybe he is, you know, because the son is obviously losing his job. Um, you know, and and for good reason. I mean, they they haven't been able to to do anything on offense this year. If it weren't for probably one of the best defenses in the nation, but they just wouldn't. You know that, and, and a really good punter. <laughs> I don't know where they'd be right now. But. Well, the top the fo- top four defenses in college football all reside in the Big Ten, and the top two play next weekend: Michigan and Ohio State, which is yeah. just unbelievable. And uh, you talk about coaching situations; it's hard for me to believe that Jim Harbaugh will return to Michigan next year after what he's gone through this year. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, you, you got to. I mean, you, that, that man could find a job suspension. yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> it's a second suspension. I mean, they I know. remember he was out the first four games of the year. Yeah, and, and that, that was, was a hamburgers. <laughs> right, <laughs> he got four games for hamburgers and three games for cheating. Yeah, I, you know, at some point, <laughs> which I, they couldn't pin on him. Right, that's the right. other thing about this is that everything you read, it was like it. it you, I mean. I, I mean, I, you'd be naive to think he wasn't, you know, pulling some strings or at least knew what was going on. Uh, but nobody's been able to prove that. So, right. yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, uh, he's gone. I don't think he'll come back. I don't either. I think that, that that's that that I think he'll leave there. I don't think Michigan is going to fire him, but I do think that he will uh, he will be departing uh, the program. The other thing I want to add this to on Billy Napier. Um, and I'm not saying that it can't get fixed again. I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't agree with just canning coaches after one, two, three years ever, unless there's just a major, major issue in the program. One that is not public, you know, not, not on the surface or anything like that. And just solely on record. I mean, you, at some point in time, you got to take a deeper dive and look at these things. If you're just cycling coaches every two or three years, you'll never be worth a crap. Um, but the thing on on Napier in the last four SEC games, of course, one of those is a heartbreak for the Gamecocks, but it was joyous for the Gators. Uh, their defense has given up forty three point two five points per game. I mean, whoa! With all that talent that's down there on the defensive side of the football, they're giving up forty three points per game in their last four SEC games. And I know that two of those teams are named Georgia and LSU, elite offenses. Georgia's offense is elite. LSU's offense is elite. South Carolina's offense at home, you could probably call it elite because of the amount of points that they put up. Um, But overall, not elite. Arkansas's offense is not. And they gave up 39 to the Hogs. And so it's just a barrel of bad problems. For the the Gators, I, I just I'm telling you, I, I think that there is just there's just a lot going on, and we'll see uh, how it all kind of works out. But um, plenty on the coaching stuff. We'll, we'll get to even more of that today. Anxious to get JC's thoughts on some of this as well. Uh, hats off to men's hoops with an outstanding win. We're going to talk to John Whittle about that coming up in just a little bit. They. I called it AA. I texted Derek Scott the other night, and I said they're in AA, attack and answer. They attack, and so far they answer when somebody attacks them, and that's been neat to see. The women, by far, it's really not even – there's not another team at this point in time in women's college basketball that is on the same planet at which that team is playing. 214 points scored in two games. That is unbelievable against top 15 opponents. Against uh, ranked opponents. I mean, I they're, they're just 
Holy crap. Um, so we'll get to that. Hats off to the women's soccer team. Their next contest comes up on Friday in Palo Alto against second-seeded Stanford. That's a 9 o'clock kick, I guess. They kick off in soccer uh, on the pitch out there. So looking forward to that. You'll also get some men's hoops coming up late on Friday night. So an interesting Friday evening before Kentucky is coming to town this weekend. If you want to stay up late and pull for uh, women's soccer and pull for men's basketball, uh, but uh, tonight, VMI is in town and in game one of the Arizona tip-off, and the Gamecocks are going to go 3-0 there. So uh, we'll get to all of that today, certainly. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, Phil, from our standpoint of football, the Gamecocks demolished the Commodores, gave them their worst loss of the season this weekend, 47-6. to A bunch of mistakes early, a bunch of mistakes early, uh, but um, they were able to get it together. They got a few more turnovers. Rattler kind of did what he does. So did Mario Anderson. So did Xavier Leggett. The Stars, once again, were out on the offensive side of the football. The defense gave a couple of new looks. Um, Vanderbilt is not good, and uh, that certainly contributed to this. But at the end of the day, a confidence-building win by 41 points in front of a cold, wet, rainy, dreary crowd. But I was there from start to finish. As a lot of others were, hats off to the Gamecocks who showed up and showed out that day to help get Carolina their fourth win of the year and keep those bowl hopes alive. Yeah, man, it looked lively in the stadium from the my back porch. Yeah. <laughs> I was not, I was not there in the rain last weekend, so that's all right. But uh, no, I was, I, I was surprised at the the decent turnout for such a dreary day uh fan wise and then you're right jb it was just you know it was a little messy and you know kind of hard to get that thing cranked up there in the first half but then once it got rolling there was no stopping it and that's yeah. that, that really is like the, the the story of this season you know unfortunately that doesn't happen or ha- didn't happen on the road really at all uh for that offense to get clicking but my goodness once it does at home I mean, you play with anybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if the defense, you know, I mean, obviously I know it's Vanderbilt. And um, I was looking at some of the stats on defense. And while a lot of that box score is not very impressive, uh, it did exactly what it needed to do against a team that it should have just shut down like it did. Well, it, that, hey, look, that's it. At the end of the yeah. day, they, they did what they're supposed to do. Yep. You know, they beat the hell out of them. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to walk in there and they're supposed to walk out of there with no stress. And, you know, like I said, you know, there was a, there was, I was counting them early in the game. I, I think we got up to eight correctable mistakes, naked eye stuff, naked eye stuff. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, this guy was supposed to pull when he didn't do that or, you know, that's for the film room guys. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about correctable mistakes that you can see with the naked eye penalties and and just you know drops you know the simple things that if you don't do that stuff the ball's moving down the field uh jumping off sides you know something ridiculous so they had a bunch of that early and and you kind of wondered you know are they going to sleepwalk through this thing or what's going on here so it was only 13 to nothing and um as the uh, great Hale McGranahan pointed out last week the Commodores have had a nice record this year of being able to hit some some big ones when they need to they've got a bunch of a, a big time uh, 
you know, 30, 40 plus yard pass plays on the year. It's really it's at the top of the SEC. So they can strike quick. And I thought, well, if they do, what happens here? You know, what's what's going on? But the defense played well. And uh, I know that the weather had, contribu- had contributed to a lot of that as well. But they, you know, they they went into halftime um, feeling like they, they they could be better. And they came out and they tucked Vanderbilt into bed. And, and then they went on to punish them throughout the afternoon. So we're going to get into plenty of that as well. But I think you just hit the nail on the head. Uh, here's what you take out of that. You beat the hell out of them. That's what you're supposed to do. And this coming Saturday night is going to be raucous. It's it's hard to believe that. This is how great the Gamecock fans are. Four and six, place is going to be nuts. And it's not just because of Darude. Uh, they would be out there if Darude wasn't in from Sweden or wherever he's coming from. You know, this is a chance to beat the Wildcats again. It's a program that, you know, you've been trying to get back on to the up, get that upper hand back for in the series. We all know what comes in Thanksgiving weekend. It's going to be wild. And certainly can't wait to spend all day outside and inside of williams Bryce Stadium this weekend. But um, we'll talk much more about that. JC is going to join us here in just a minute. John Whittle, Pat DeMarco are due up. And we hope all of you will stick around. The Nana Sports chat box is available for you to jump in. And so is the text line, 803-766-6320. We'll step aside for a quick timeout. John Whittle with the Big Spur up next here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture. Because we are the factory, Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world-class service. Since 1979, our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers. Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30-day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience. Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com. Gamecock owned and operated. Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home. 
That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. It's 11:23. Welcome back. Monday, November the 13th and inside the Gamecocks the show powered by our friends at Electric Bikes of Charleston. Electricbikescharleston.com. Don't fill up too if you do, you might. We all do. We always fill up during the holiday season, but at least you can pedal it off with one of those brilliant electric bikes they've got. Make sure you contact Michelle and her entire team. What a great Christmas gift. Electricbikescharleston.com. Come. John Whittle, he had a busy weekend, a lot going on for the Gamecocks, John. Uh, we will lead off with football, Carolina now 4-6 and six after after beating the brakes off of Vanderbilt at Williams-Brite Stadium on Saturday, but we're certainly going to get to hoops with you, and, uh, and I want to get some baseball nuggets in as well now that fall practice has concluded for those guys. But glad to have you, my man. Yeah, appreciate y'all having me again. Always nice to be be back, uh, especially on a Monday when a lot has gone right over the weekend for the Gamecocks, including a uh, women's soccer first round NCAA tournament victory as well. That's right. Uh, remind again, nine o'clock coming up on Friday night in Palo Alto. It's seven two Carolina Stanford Gamecocks trying to advance through the Cardinal. All right, um, so yeah, we'll start with football, John. You were starting to. For Xavier and for Spencer, we're starting to to get into the record books now. Uh, Spencer, or um, well, I guess we could say Spencer. Spencer Rattler connected nine times with Xavier Leggett this weekend. He's up over a thousand yards on the year. He is only the fifth player in history to do that. Other guys, they all went by their first name: Alshon, Sidney, Farrow, and Sterling. And now it's Xavier Leggett. I mean, it's it, he's 424 from Alshon's single-season record. You know, I mean, unless he really is going off and they get to a bowl game, um, he, he might not get there. But he could. He could. He could. There's no doubt. Uh, but certainly probably going to finish second all-time in, in receiving yards in a season because he's at 1,093 and Sydney finished with 1,143 and he's only 50 yards away from that. 
Uh, and Alshon had, I think, 14 games, right? He had 14 games. Yeah, yep. that was 10. Played mm-hmm. for the title that year in the SEC. So, I mean, we, we've I, – I, I don't remember much of Sterling, but we all know who Sterling was. We've watched every game that those guys I just mentioned, every game that they played. When you think about this cat, where, where do you think about him when you hear him associated with the best to ever do it here? I mean, the, the, the first thing I think of is I can't believe we're here talking about it like this. You know, if you'd asked me this time last year if, if uh, you know, Xavier Leggett would be a, a good SEC wide receiver, I'd say, yeah, probably. I didn't think we'd be sitting here talking about him being one of the best ever to, to play at, at South Carolina at that position, put up one of the best best single seasons ever. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of remarkable to me. But, you know, it just kind of goes to show that if – that sometimes it takes a little time to uh, develop some of those raw attributes that he always had coming out. I mean, he always had some size. He always had some speed. Um, but he, I mean, he's, he's worked really hard to, to develop over the years. And there's nobody over there who won't tell you that he's the hardest worker in the building. Uh, he, he cares tremendously about, you know, what he does and how he performs and what it means for the team. So, you know, when, when you add all that stuff together, it, it makes a little bit of sense. But at the same time, like there's there's really been nothing uh, prior to this year to indicate that he would be a all SEC type receiver, much less a all American type receiver and, and one of the best to do it here. Yeah, he and, you know, the background on all these guys is, is interesting as well, John, because Sydney, if, if you remember, was a two star recruit who's probably going to end up at Syracuse. So they got him to reverse course and come here. Basketball player. Pharaoh was a high school quarterback. Um, Xavier Leggett was a high school quarterback. The guy right behind Xavier, a guy named Kenny McKinley, he was a high school quarterback. All these guys kind of made some type of transition or move to this position, and it, and it sure did work out. The only one that no, – there's two of them that really walked in and said, well, I'm just a wide receiver and I'm just here to kick ass. One was Sterling Sharp and the other one was Alshon Jeffrey, and they ended up doing that. But all these other guys, it was a little bit of a different road to get where they're at. Yeah, absolutely. And and that just kind of goes to show uh, good recruiting, I, I guess. You know, sometimes it takes uh, going the extra mile to evaluate some of these guys. And, and uh, there have been several examples over the years of, of guys playing a different position or and, and moving and, and being really successful. You know, DQ Smith has done it. Um, just recently, obviously, Rashad Faison was a uh, was a running back and moved over to the defensive side of the ball. He's one that always kind of sticks with me. But you know, sometimes there's you, you just have to look a little bit beyond what you see uh, a guy doing in high school and to uh, see his athletic attributes. And you know, Xavier certainly certainly a guy they did that with. 182 yards this weekend through the air against Kentucky, and Spencer Rattler will be in the top five all-time passing yards at South Carolina. He will move past uh, both Blake Mitchell and Connor Shaw. Now, getting any higher than that, unless he throws for about uh, 1,500 yards in the final game of the year against Clemson, (laughs) probably probably won't sign for that. (laughs) (laughs) He probably, that's probably going to be about where he stops uh, with the with the with the NFL uh, looming on the other side. But um, 
you know, two years in this kid. I, I, I look the record clearly. John has has improved in the last two weeks against the, both of these opponents, but um, but not been where where we would like it to be. But you know, for those who have been around a long time and seen a lot of stuff around here, this is one of those 20, 30, 40 years down the road. You'll you you get to tell the grandkids, yeah, I got to watch him play. I got to see these two guys play together. Uh, it's just it just doesn't happen much. Um, and, and you watch Spencer Rattler out there, and you watch what he does. Uh, I, again, I know it was just Vanderbilt this past weekend, but this is just more of an appreciation-type conversation, John. We're, we're getting to see something that is very, 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 very rare around here. Hopefully it becomes uh, not as rare moving forward. But um, watching this cat climb the record books himself in just two years, is, is it's really been unique. With, with two offensive coordinators, no offensive line, and one of those coordinators didn't have really, you know, a whole lot of sense about him for about 10 of the 13 games that he was calling it last year. <laughs> all, all of those words are true, I, I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> um, you know, I, I certainly have enjoyed getting to watch Spencer out there the last couple of years and have at least a couple more, hopefully three more games to to, to be able to do it. And, you know, certainly he's, he's made a uh, very impactful um, mark on, on this program, whether it comes to the record books or whether it's just putting South Carolina out there nationally in terms of uh, being in the conversation. I mean, he helps get South Carolina on, on the sports center. He helps, you know, the pundits talk about, uh, you know, what South Carolina is and, and that, uh, that, you know, opens the door for, the, the recruiting element of it a little bit too. And you see Spencer Rattler being successful here and it, and it draws eyes. So, you know, he, he's been very impactful in, in a ton of different ways. And, you know, he's been very good for South Carolina, but South Carolina has been very good for him too. You know, South Carolina has yep. also given him a platform to, to be successful on the field and off the field. And, you know, who knows if, if uh, you'd be talking about Spencer being a, top two or maybe three round pick if, you know, if he didn't come here, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's given a lot to the Gamecocks. The Gamecocks have given a lot to him and it's, it's great to see uh, both sides, you know, being successful with it. John Whittle, 1132 with the big spur. Uh, good luck finding somebody that covers the Gamecocks better than this cat. We're glad to have him every Monday here on our program. Uh, John to the game specifically this past weekend, sloppy, cold, rainy, uh, we were all there. We all sat there. Well, not guys like you who get to sit there in the warmth of the press box and, and you know, all that type of stuff. Uh, I guess I probably could, but I'm not going to. They don't have enough bourbon up there for me, so okay. I'll, I'll sit down in my seats. Um, but, um, John, you know, we, so we saw some different things this weekend, and, and I'm anxious to see and hear what Shane's got to say tomorrow. Uh, it does look like again. This is naked eye conversation. We got Pat Demarco coming up, and he certainly can can help fill in the gaps here um, on the defensive side of the football. It's not same old, same old. You're seeing some three three five out there. You're seeing more linebackers get more snaps. Bam Martin had a nice game this weekend. Uh, you're seeing Jerome Willis get in there and get some playing time. So they so they, they they I don't know you know, why it took as long as it did or didn't, or I, I don't know any of that stuff. But I do know the last couple of weeks they've been working on some new things. This weekend it is just Vanderbilt. They're not good. We know that they're not good, but Phil pointed this out earlier. Carolina beat the hell out of them. That's what they were supposed to do, and they, they showed a couple of looks and doing it on that side of the ball. 
Yeah, we're, we're not talking about uh, a, a game like a couple years back when it took a last-minute scoring drive to to be able to beat them. I mean, this was a this was a, a comprehensive beatdown from really the start to finish. I mean, I know it was only what thirteen nothing maybe at halftime or something like that, but you know, you could look and tell that game that it just wasn't close. It was, you know, some penalties, drop passes, like some so a couple of dumb things that just needed to be cleaned up and. You know, once that happened, a blowout was imminent, and you know the blowout eventually came. So, you know, it was it was uh, it, it was much needed, I think, for this South Carolina team to to instill some confidence going forward. But certainly on the defensive side of the ball, as, as you pointed out, and you know, I mean, I, I guess it's a, a cap tip to those guys over there to to continue to try to figure out ways to to make meaningful changes at this point in the season. You know, it's it's not real easy to come up with a, a, a magic potion when you're when you're on the back stretch of the season after you've hit the final quarter pole and you know they they've seemingly been able to do that a little bit with with uh, you know going to a, a three three five a little bit more often um, you know it was what the first third of the season we were talking about well you know is South Carolina going to be able to find anybody who can who can help. Stone Blanton and Debo Williams at, at linebacker. You know, the backups weren't playing hardly at all. And, uh, you know, now there's three of them on the field at the same time. So, you know, when I talked to John uh, uh, Willis at, at the start of the season at media day, he was like, I just I, – I know that I've got a lot of work to do. I just kind of hope to play on some special teams. So, like, he didn't come in here with the expectation of being featured on, on the defense this year. I mean, it's just where he was and – in his development and you know now they've got him to the point to where he can he can contribute uh you know meaningfully in in key situations on that side of the ball uh bam martin scott's come along a little bit and i don't really know what's held him back i mean i, I think that's probably a very fair question for him to see if he has any any kind of insight from a personal standpoint on on uh you know why it's taken him so long to you know not not get on the field because he's been on the field some, but to, to play 25 plays instead of, you know, 10. So, you know, it's uh, – it, I, I think it's good on, on the staff and the players to be able to learn, but the staff to be able to try to adapt and, and figure out some ways to be better at the end of the year. And, you know, obviously we can't overlook the caliber of opponent as compared to, to what it was, you know, the, the pre- previous uh, to these last two weeks. But – you know, is certainly something encouraging and something that can give uh, everybody on this team, both offensively and defensively, um, you know, some encouragement going into the last two weeks. Because you know, when your defense is getting stops, I mean, that that does wonders for the you know the the uh, uh, mental side for the offense too. So you know, it's it's all big. It all works hand in hand, and 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 good for those guys for putting out a great performance. Well, not just you know Vanderbilt being the team that you played this weekend, but do you, do you foresee maybe since we are here at the end of the season and, and, you know, red shirts kind of get thrown out at this point, if they've only played a game or two uh, more, you know, names that we're not necessarily familiar with kind of getting into more active roles just because you can use them at this point and still not burn their red shirt. Um, potentially, but at the same time, like, these guys haven't been playing because, you know, they're they're not quite ready. And just to throw them out there against Kentucky or, or Clemson 
probably wouldn't be the the wisest of moves uh, just to just to play him just to play him. You know, I, I don't anticipate either of those games getting lopsided. Um, you know, maybe there's some kind of special package out. I, I I don't even have a name off the top of my head to give you, but maybe there's maybe there's a special play or package for for somebody out there on one side of the football that that maybe can be impactful. But um, you know, just in general, I, I think with it being Kentucky and Clemson these last two weeks, you know, if, if a guy if a couple of guys get hurt and go down, like maybe you have maybe you have to see somebody like that, but. I, I just think that with the uh, the caliber of opponent, I, I think you just kind of are what you are at this point in terms of in terms of personnel. John, uh, on the offensive side of the football, it's like uh, take a breath. The, the first, the same five guys that ran out their first last week on the offensive line ran out their first this week on the offensive line. What do you think? What do you think that means with Kentucky and Clemson ahead? Well, I, I think that's certainly helpful, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's a big deal. I mean, I asked Shane last night if, if uh, you know, he wanted to keep the same offensive line over the balance of the season uh, the rest of the way, and, and he kind of laughed and was like, well, yeah, of course. But then, you know, a couple couple minutes later he went on to say, but, but we really want to get Trey Jones back and we really want to get uh, Case and Henry back, which, you know, you know I, I get you love to have both of those guys, but – you know, there's something to be said for just rolling with what you've got after being successful here these last couple of weeks. Now, that being said, you know, South Carolina was not particularly good in blocking for the run game this past week. You know, maybe you do try to put one of those two guys back in there if you feel like they can help your run game some. But, you know, I, I feel like you just kind of keep going with what you got and what's been successful here in terms of the win-loss column here these last two weeks. But, you know, I, I think it's certainly a, a big deal to, to be able to have some continuity up there. Oh, I think it's a huge deal. I mean, you, these are the two best defenses that you'll face at home this year coming up in Kentucky uh, and in Clemson. Clemson's got the sixth-ranked defense in the country. Can we can we all have a round of applause real quick for, for Josh Simon? I mean, I've loved that guy since day one. Literally, since the day that he walked on campus. Like, I love this kid. And I felt like he, there were, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say he was underused or anything like that because, again, you just don't know all the things. But Trey Knox comes out with an injury, and you got Josh Simon to go in there. Um, he, I think he might might have missed one, but outside of that, he re, he threw some nice blocks in there this weekend, guys, which is important in that role from what we've understood in this offense. He made a bunch of grabs. Um, he moves well without the football. He's kind of shifty a little bit. He, I mean, with the football, he's, he's kind of shifty. So I, I don't know. I know that Trey's available, and I, and I would anticipate seeing him coming up this weekend. But I also would be anxious to see if they – now that both these guys have kind of proven what they can do out there, John, it'd be, it'd be neat to see him playing at the same time. They got their big, you know, catch the football. I mean, I don't know how – I don't know what the answer is, but Juju's down now. You got two running backs left. You got to get creative with some things that – it might not be just find a third running back. It might be we just need to find a way to get a little bit more creative, and maybe that's a way to do it. Yeah, and I, I would like to see Josh Simon get more snaps too. And, and uh, you know, he's done well every time he's been out there, whether it was a Vanderbilt game or whether it was a North Carolina game when he was playing mainly in trash time. He didn't have a, a whole lot of, like, meaningful snaps until it was until it was later in that game. So, you know, I, I thought – I think Josh has played well all year. Uh, I don't have a great – reason for for why he hasn't been in there a little bit more i do know that 
that Spencer Rattler and, and Trey Knox have have a uh, unique kind of bond in terms of all, on on field. I, I know that Spencer's really really comfortable with with Trey out there for whatever reason, and that's not to discount you know his comfort with Josh. I think he's if nothing else they they've built that to be stronger here these last you know the last couple of games. So you know I, I certainly think that uh, that there is a very meaningful role these uh, next couple of games for Josh and certainly should be, especially after his performance the other day. All right, final one on football, and then let's get into some hoops with you. Um, uh, the Wildcats have lost four of five coming into the game. They're closest in that – of those four losses was a, a tight one at home, 33-27. The balls went in there and clipped them. Uh, they did beat Mississippi State during that stretch. Well, we all know what Mississippi State looks like this year. Zach Arnett is now unemployed, and Alabama just embarrassed them uh, at, uh, at Kroger Field this weekend, regardless of how much and how loud they want to play their rap music. So what type of Kentucky team do you think is coming into Williams-Brice Stadium this weekend? Probably weary. Um, you know, is. It's not easy to bounce back after playing Alabama, you know, regardless. But, you know, they've, as you pointed out, they've, they've lost a lot of games. They've played some physical football. And, and um, you know, it's, it's just kind of, kind of uh, where I see Kentucky right now. And, and I don't know how, how good they were necessarily over the course of the year. They, they beat up on some, on some uh, fairly – easy opponents early on in the year to, to bolster that record a little bit. And yeah, they've got a couple of good wins, but you know, and that's not to downplay their ability to beat South Carolina. They certainly have, have every capability and to, to come in here and win, especially with the run game like they've got. So, you know, South Carolina really Kentucky has uh, won this game, won this series a lot here lately because they've been a much more physical team along the lines of scrimmage. And I thought that was the exact opposite last year. I thought South Carolina was was a much more physical team uh, along both fronts than, than Kentucky was. And, you know, I think that's always – I mean, that's a general key in football, period. But I, I think that's certainly been what has determined the winner of this game here here most years here recently. So, you know, that's that's going to be what's, what's critical for South Carolina uh, this coming week. It's been perceived Wildcats are just a better football team than the Gamecocks, uh, although the uh, records sit at six and four and four and six. We'll find out. They got to play Saturday night, but um, when you look at their opponents, doesn't really say that. The only win that they have is a win over the Gators. Carolina, of course, blew that one, but their other two SEC wins are teams named Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. Sound familiar? Uh, South Carolina's got the same on their record, except the Gamecocks don't have opportunities to play Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, or Akron. All right, uh, John, back to Friday night. I thought that was a brilliant win for Gamecock basketball. Uh, I texted Derek Scott, and, and I said, this team is in AA. They attack, and they answer. You know, th- th- for, through four halves of basketball, they attack, they attack, they attack, they attack. You can see the brand of basketball they want to play. Last year, I didn't, I didn't know what they were trying to do. Um, this year, they didn't know what they were trying to do either. I don't. Yeah, I, and, and but this year is what they were trying to do last year. But I just don't think they had the guys to do it based on what I'm seeing. And then you know they've 
They've had a couple runs mounted against them, and what do they do? They run right back down the floor and answer. They move the basketball. You had 12 assists Friday night between Talon and Michi. John, it, it 2-0 just like they were to open the year last year, but, boy, this looks and feels like a different 2-0. Yeah, absolutely, and um, yeah, it's, it's been a fun team to watch because because they they play open, they play they play pretty fast if 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 they can get out in transition. But you know if they don't, then they they run well in the uh, in the half court offensively. Like they get open shots, they they're consistently finding open shots, which which is a, a big deal. It shows that they have a plan and, and know what they're doing. So you know I I've. It's, it's been really enjoyable watching these guys the first first two games. Apart from well, well that that first half I guess against uh, uh, well no that that was the Walford exhibition game that was a, a a tough half to watch to to open the season. But since then it's been it's been really enjoyable to to watch these guys and you know they 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 came out shooting the other night against Virginia Tech, missed the first couple, then Miles Studi gets hot and then the ball just starts going in for everybody. Built a big lead. Virginia Tech cuts it down, and and um, you know South Carolina just continued to respond. And you know they they uh, they made some they made some plays on the interior. They got they had they got some big rebounds. Made a couple of big defensive plays there at the end. You know it's just it was it, it was just good basketball on on both ends of the court. Enjoyable on the eye. You know it's not just one on one. You know make something happen. You know, it was it was just good basketball on both ends. They've got VMI tonight, and then uh, they'll have uh, DePaul coming up on Friday evening. And both of these are part of the Arizona tip-off. If they win both of those, they'll get, I think, San Francisco or Grand Canyon in uh, what will be the championship game on that side of the bracket. But uh, Lamont and his guys certainly are having a nice start to the year. The women, um, <laughs> oh, man, I tell you. 214 points in two games against top 15 teams. Yeah, I'd say that not only are they talented and really dang good, uh, they kind of came in pissed off. Maybe they felt like they were a little uh, under underappreciated. I don't know. But, uh, John, you, you don't have to sit courtside to cover these ladies. All you got to do is catch a, a few glimpses of them. You, you realize quickly she's got a team that's headed, you know, where we all hope it's headed. She does, and and I don't do a whole lot with the women's basketball program. We we've got a a guy Ryan Bethea who does a tremendous job of of covering that team. But but man, I've I've watched I watched uh, you know their their first game against Notre Dame almost wire to wire. I watched a, a, a fair amount on on uh, yesterday, I guess it was against Maryland. And I mean, they're just it's it's impressive to watch them play. Like they play fast pace they're up tempo they're go 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 um they're they're just much more athletic and that's not take anything away from from last year's team or 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 the group of the group of uh freshies or whatever they were called you know last year that have have graduated and moved on but you know this this team is there's excitement and newness i guess and you know there's excitement and seeing a bunch of new faces and there's a, there's excitement in the way that they play as well. So, you know, it's uh, – I, I mean, I, I think that this is a, a group that South Carolina fans should certainly be able to, to gravitate towards as well, just like they have the, the last the last several. All right, fine, we'll leave you with this. It's all over. We'll probably we got to get Coach Kingston in here soon anyways, and we'll get more in-depth on it. But uh, 
now that fall practice is done. John, just some uh, some quick final thoughts as the Gamecock baseball program has wrapped up their work and they look towards February. Yeah, I mean, I've, I thought it was a really good fall offensively for, for a lot of these guys. You know, there's certainly uh, some pitchers who are going to have to perform a little bit better when when you look at uh, Team ERA and, and so forth. Like, some of the numbers just don't add up to what you want it to be. Now, part of that is because I think South Carolina is going to be be really good offensively, but they're just going to have to have uh, some guys who who continue to improve between now and and the and when mid February comes. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was a good fall overall. There were certainly some growth among uh, among some uh, freshman pitchers who who came in who I, I think are going to play a, a key role on this team. You know, I, I thought I thought it was good. So a lot of home runs hit uh, by a lot of different guys. Um, you know, South Carolina is going to have a uh, uh, going to have to win a lot of games offensively this year, which, you know, I think fans fans like that. I've, I think a lot of folks would rather uh, rather see a bunch of home runs and give up a few runs versus pitchers duels over and over again. Me, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I signed me up for for a three one game any day of the oh, week. Yeah. But uh, I think there are a lot of folks out there who like those 10 to eight games, too. Well, get ready. Yeah. <laughs> they're going sorry coach sorry matt, sorry, matt. Uh, you know what more, more let, let's go with this matt I, more like 10 to 4 games they're going to okay. score 10 a lot um you know the arms uh, they'll get their they'll get their roles figured out and um and you know we'll we'll see what happens but um john always great to have you good stuff uh i know the vip room will come out tonight i'm sure you get plenty any any hints on what you'll have in there nope Oh, okay. All right. Well, no, then no, no. you're just gonna have to wait and check it out. No, no hits <laughs> dropping today. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a little note on equestrian recruiting. We should have that in around nine oh five this year. The rider or the horse? <laughs> both. Both. Yes. I'm generally more interested. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right, brother. I want to end that joke here. Yeah, that's that's that, that's that's all she wrote. Uh, should be a fun one uh, coming up this week at Bryce Stadium, and it's going to be a long, long day. Darude, we'll see you in the crowd, John. Shirt off and all out there, sandstorming with 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 Darude. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring the glow sticks out there. <laughs> Thanks, man. See you. Thanks, see you. John. <laughs> there you go, John Little. Uh, with the Big Spur. Also ahead this week, uh, in case you haven't checked the schedule, the Clemson Tigers will be in town. Women's basketball's version of the Clemson Tigers. They they have the the the, the unfortunate task of uh, coming to Colonial Life Arena and attempting to slow down this South Carolina team. They are three and zero, and they have scored a bunch of points. But the teams they played thus far are Winthrop, Charleston Southern, and Mercer. So well, they ought to give them a good game. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's yeah. only two games, but my God, if that team oh doesn't God. look like they're invincible, I mean, <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness. Don wanted to go get shooters. Okay, yeah, let's go get some shooters. And it's like, whoa, whoa there you go. <laughs> uh, they're, they are 200 plus points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're something. I mean, and it is funny to see, like, you know, full Wiley and, um, you know, Watkins, you know, coming off the bench, 
Those those yeah. those young ladies would be starting at every other team in the league or probably in the country. Um, you know, and they come off the bench and just chip in, you know, twenty five points. I think Watkins had a double double off the bench the other day, also with five blocks. You know, it's like, <laughs> crazy. Crazy. And it's not that they're not playing defense. I mean, you know, because they're it's not like they're losing, you know, or winning these games 110 to 108. <laughs> no. no, dude, they're they're unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right. Uh do we want to take a break or just ride? Yeah, out the... we'll, 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 no, we'll we'll slide in a break here. We've got a okay. uh, since we've got Pat coming up, we want to try to stay on schedule. We do at one o'clock have the game time announcements for the final weekend of the regular season in football. So we should know uh, in about an hour and five minutes exactly when Clemson and Carolina will kick it off. My prediction still is that they'll play under the lights that Saturday evening. Uh, at Wayne's price. So we'll find out. That is certainly on the agenda. We'll get into buyouts and coaching changes and this, that, and the other. But up next, it is talking ball with the great Pat DeMarco. Don't go anywhere. We're built by the Barndo Co. JC is here. He's I'm alive here. and well. And, uh, and he'll, he'll have plenty to say over the next Yeah, I was just hours. listening to Whittle was on a roll. I didn't want to, I don't want to interrupt him. And, uh, <laughs> well, and then I, I, I was typing. I had no idea it was even in the studio. But uh, yeah, I got a new mic today. All right, so this is a new. Okay. This is a, a the Mike Morgan suggested microphone. Yeah, hey, you sound sounds great. better. Yeah, sounded good on JC and Morgan. So you know, I got a new mic. Not a new Mike Morgan. Well, no, got him. Just you, no. you can't get a new. You can't replace Mike Morgan. So no. All right, <laughs> time out. Hour one. In the books, Chicken Cock serves us. We hope they serve you too. What a great day coming up on Saturday! Seventy degrees and sunny. Sounds like a great day with rocks, glass, bourbon. Don't go anywhere. Beer time. Hey, folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecocks attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Gamecocks. Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in the plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include a variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today. Nana's Porch, nanasporch.com. At Nana's Porch, they cater weddings, parties, and all kinds of special events. Their meals are served buffet style in seconds. They're encouraged. 
Plus, they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on-site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs. Inquire about rentals as well. Nanasporch.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 336-259-7550. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to EliteRoofing.com. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Talking Ball with Pat DeMarco on Inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network. A shade past noon. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Sinorama Studios, as it is every day, and built by our friends at the Barndoco, where they're building your dream home for as low as 160 bucks per square foot. 
in the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee. They are the new trend that is literally sweeping the nation. We joke about those type things around here sometimes, but I'm not joking about that. If you haven't been yet, check out the thebarndominiumco.com uh, before you make your next move. Pat DeMarco has made the move to... I don't know where he's making the move to, but he's here. I know that. Uh, and uh, we sure are happy to have him talking ball with uh, one of the great ones out there. It's funny. Uh, you were on 107.5, I think, last week. And people were like, oh, I heard Pat DeMarco on 107.5. I'm like, yeah, we have him on our show for at least a half hour every Monday. You're welcome to tune in. And yeah, uh, we, we do live video. You get to see him. He's very handsome, very talented. Freshly uh, shaved. The, the, freshly fun, shaved. the funny freshly thing about that was I, I heard Pat's interview on 107.5. And somebody quoted him as being one of some fun, but it's what he said on our show. It was that like something specific right. to yeah. the show. No, so I'm sure they're listening. They're just confusing, confusing their DeMarco, uh, ex- the DeMarco experiences, if you will. That'd be a good name yeah. if you ever a rock band, the DeMarco experience. DeMarco. That's a, that's a pimp name. That's a pimp name. Zero musical talent. So I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> you don't strike me as, I, I would think, I would think bass guitar or lead guitar, other than that, no. Slap in the bass. Slap in the bass. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, hey, Pat, um, they slapped the Commodores around this weekend. Um, That was a a fun game to watch. Um, I mean, points, points, points. That's what, uh, I mean, that's been something that we've been able to put up this year. I mean, we're averaging close to 30 points a game. Um, But Andy put up a six spot. So we were able to kind of, Solidify our defense and, and and play a play a good game defensively, um, which was good to see, especially in these last two games where they're going to have to show up and and, and kind of keep playing. Spencer played his tail off again. Mario had that big explosive run. They got little. I mean, they got everybody involved uh, for the most part. Josh Lemon had six catches. DJ Braswell had a few plays out there. You saw his speed. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, I mean, the guy that. The guy that I've been talking about for three or four weeks now, maybe, maybe longer than that, Bam Martin Scout. Yeah, man. Got in, was out there more, made some plays, played some nickel, played some linebacker. Um, his speed showed up, 13 tackles, sack, TFL, had a had, had a um, PBU. Um, I was glad to see him. I mean, he and he's, he's a great kid, too. He's a kid that spent a lot of time uh, in my office when I was working there talking to me, picking my brain. Um, and I'm, I'm glad it's all coming to fruition for him, and, and he's playing some good ball. Um, I mean, I think when you get the athletic guys out there that have those ball skills, um, good stuff happens. So I'm, I'm glad that he was out there playing, and Devo Williams played at a high level again. Uh, I mean, look at our, our our defensive line. Are they defensive linemen or are they running backs? Like, what's the deal now? We got uh, got all these defensive linemen playing playing both ways. Um, so yeah. it was good to see. Yeah, you know, it's um it's, so first of all, we'll, we'll get to I know I know his name is Bam, but it's just a lot more fun to say Bam Bam. So bam, anytime bam. he's in the he's anytime he's in the game, I'm yelling Bam Bam. Um but Debo is sick in people in case we we've been talking about Rattler, talking about Leggett and and the um the records and milestones and this that and the other that are that are up for those guys. Uh, Debo is only 6 tackles shy of 100 on yeah. the season. So, you know, major, major pat on the back to him. Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, but uh, you, you mentioned Bam. So let's, let's start with him, but let's start the, it, it, let overall uh, the, the, the role in which he played, because what, what you've noticed the last couple of weeks, I thought you, I, I guess I could be wrong on this, Pat. I'm wrong every day. Um, so 
it looked like they went more to the three three five this weekend. I know they had introduced some of that the previous week, and then we saw saw more of it this weekend. So it, in your in your football mind here, uh, tell us what we t- tell us what we saw out there um, from that standpoint, and um, and and how it does it fit better with our personnel? Is it just something they're trying to do? If they if it's just something they're trying to do differently to create turnovers or, or, or whatever that might be, why are they doing that? Just kind of fill us yeah. in overall with all that. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of dumb it down. I mean, three three five that stands for three defensive linemen, three linebackers, five DBs. Um, traditionally, what we have played is more of a four two five, four down linemen, two backers, five DBs. So basically, you're switching an outside backer edge guy with a more athletic kind of linebacker, the Ben Martin Scott type, who has edge skills, um, but can also drop in coverage and play in space. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I, I think, I mean, granted, you know, last year we lost Gilbert Redmond, we lost uh, Jordan Burt, so we kind of did have that looming hole with that edge spot. Um, you know, Jordan Strong's playing at a high level. Uh, Tyreek Johnson has, has, has played well. Um, Greer, the, the transfer that came in, um, you know, Brian Thomas. So we've had – there has been kind of a, um, uh, a rotation in that position, but I think um, keeping your better players out there um, and keeping them fresh is is a better option, and I think we kind of kind of did that. I mean, I think, you know, Tonka's kind of a – is more of a flex guy. I don't think he's, – he's not really a three technique not a nose, but he's not a true end. And I think in this three, three, five, when you can put him in a four eye where he can kind of start inside, outside, make that tackle, make that guard have to play athletically against him. Um, and then, I mean, obviously TJ Sanders is the same way. He's kind of a flex. So he can play some three technique, but he's athletic enough to play on the edge. Uh, and then you have kind of the head up nose that can be more of a two gapper, um, you know, the Nick Barrett, the Boogie Huntley, um, I mean, th- that's the better role for those guys. Those guys are big, strong, physical inside. Uh, instead of taking on double teams, let me put my hands in the center's chest. Let me have my way with him instead of trying to fit the A-gap where the guard's coming down, the center's coming to me. Um, so, no, I, I, I thought it was well. I mean, I, I think w- what I did notice is, is just the more activity. Um, you know, yes, you, you, you can be susceptible only having three defensive linemen in there, but with as aggressive as Debo is playing downhill, with athletic as – Bam is kind of scraping over the top as smart as stone and, and, and pup are kind of getting everybody lined up and being in the right places at the right time. Um, I mean, it was a good formula. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I wasn't that impressed with Vandy, uh, not, not to take anything away from our victory. I, I didn't think Vandy looked very good in crisp on offense. Um, so, I mean, gr- granted all saying that is that, you know, is, is three three five the end all be all? Is it going to be what we're going to do the rest of the way moving forward? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, each each game plan has its own um, takes on it. So, I mean, I, I do know that Kentucky likes to run the ball and likes to get downhill with that running back who's who's playing at a really high level. Um, do I think the three three five? The only issue with the three three five is you kind of give up the edge. Um, you know, unless you have one of those backers playing on the end of the line of scrimmage. And would you rather have Bam playing on the edge, taking a kickout block, or would you rather have Tyreek? I like more weight setting the edge, kind of turning everything back inside the linebacker. So th- this could just be a hybrid of something we we can't – I mean, obviously it, it was successful. But I, I, I don't think it – I don't think it's the end-all be-all. I, I do think it's something that we can mix in and kind of have some um, – have some variances of. 
but I mean, it, it was good to see. It was fun to see the defense flying around, having fun, making plays. Um, and, and I know Clayton and the whole defensive staff will definitely have these guys tuned in and ready and put the best product out there for us to see on Saturday at 730 in Williams-Brice Stadium. If it's 335, awesome. If it has success, if it's 425, if it's if it's a true 4-3, who knows? Um, but it, it was good to see them flying around, having fun, celebrating, taking the ball away, uh, all that stuff. Couple quick notes here. Um, one of them just got an email from the uh, University of South Carolina that the the women are back at number one. That shouldn't be shocking anybody. They're yeah. they're just embarrassing everybody. Clemson Clemson's on next. Uh, Clemson's on deck for the next embarrassment coming up this Thursday. Uh, you mentioned you mentioned um, Kentucky's got a guy playing at a high level. You're talking about Ray Davis. He's uh, 71 yeah. yards shy of a thousand this year. But you know, want to be not to take anything away from from this from this dude at all i think uh, the rest of kentucky's lackluster offense at times this year started to affect him uh, because uh, the last three games combined tennessee mississippi state and alabama 49 carries for only 148 total yards so he's averaging less than 50 yards in his last three and carolina going to look to continue that trend coming up this weekend pat but all right so let me ask you this though we've talked about it from the from the the linebacking core forward you know to the line of scrimmage but if you're in a three three five what is that how is that helping the secondary uh well i mean it, it gets you another i mean it, it's more of a zone coverage type uh unless you're blitzing those guys so i mean it just gives you another athletic movement coverage guide um out there on the field unless you're blitzing them obviously so i mean the beauty in three three five and, and we're going to watch a clip here coming up soon is yeah, we have three defensive linemen, but we rush five. So we're blitzing two backers. So, uh, I mean, I, I think it just provides more um, more diverse coverages and, and more more things you can do. Um, different zone droppers, different pressure guys. Um, you know, I, I, I think it just kind of – you have more athletes on the field. And I think when you have more athletes on the field, um, good stuff happens. I mean, you look at the NFL now um, – I would probably say it's close to 50-50 on a true 4-3 versus 4-2-5. Um, I know but when I was in Buffalo, like we, they played a true 4-2-5, and they even tried to, at times, you know, you, you have a nickel out there, a defensive back, kind of having to play the box against big people, against 12 personnel, 11 personnel, uh, 21 personnel. So um, there's different instances where you're a little more susceptible to the run if you play in a 4-2-5 versus a 4-3. Um, and I, and I think that could probably be said the same for playing in a three, three, five, but, um, you know, if, if you have all the movements and, and if you're doing a lot of stuff with it and you're confusing the fronts, uh, and confusing the offensive line, I think it provides a lot of advantageous looks for the defense to really go out there and call some TFLs and put teams behind the sticks. Um, and then in that, in that instance, give you chances to pressure and, and really do some cool stuff. All right, Pat. Um, well, I hate to even say this, but um, because I don't want to jinx these these fine men, five offensive linemen who started Saturday played last week too. Yep, you know, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> and actually, you know, look, I agree with you, and we we said this, Phil and I, at the top of the program, we talked about this. Look, Van, Vanderbilt is not good. Okay, they're not. Um, that also was the reason why they're two in. Eight or two and nine. At this nine. Point. They won their first yeah. two games and 
Yeah, they're not good. And, and you know, two or three drives, I mean, it looked like the bad news bears for them. Bad snaps, balls fumbling all over the place. I mean, the, they tried to punt, what, four times? And every single time they punted, I thought the ball was going to go over the punter's head. The punter's going to drop it. The punt was going to be blocked. It was like – it was like, this, keep putting, guys. Like, you're giving us every chance. Hey, hey, the snapper was throwing – hey, the, the, the snapper was throwing was throwing sliders back at him. You know, I was like, oh, man, these three nines are going to fake somebody out. You know, <laughs> he's going to swing and miss on one of these suckers. Um, I will say, so we – Weston, my, my seven-year-old, he had a flag football game Saturday morning, and it was from 9 to 10, and as you know, it was like – 40 degrees and raining and just nasty. And the Suburban was packed. We were planning on going from there to williams Price Stadium. We had pregame sideline passes. My mom and dad were in town. Like, we were – Weston's game ended, and Kirsten looked at me. She said, Pat, I ain't going. <laughs> I ain't going the game. Um, and I'm like, all right, well, we have one car, so let's, let's go home, let Weston shower up, let's reconvene and see what the issue is. And um, – and my dad went and sat on the back porch, turned the heaters on. Um, we had some extra firewood. And I was like, Kirsten, I ain't going either. I'm sitting right here on the back. Right here. Um, so we uh, we played hooky and watched the game from the house, um, which was good. I mean, honestly, I, I, as, as fun as it is being in Williams-Brice Stadium, our seats kind of kind of cut in the corner where I can't see the Jumbotron. And, you know, me being analytical – I like seeing different angles and, and, and seeing really what's happening. Um, my son also gets weirded up on me because I won't sit down during the games. And he looks at me and he's like, sit down, daddy. You're weird. You're freaking everybody out around here. Um, so I was able to sit on my back porch and kind of see everything from, from the eagle eye uh, watching it on TV. So um, it was good. It was, it was I mean, a heck of a game. And, and I was nice and warm and dry, um, which is, is, is a good thing as well. What can that? What 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 do you think that does for this program? Uh, as long as those guys stay healthy this week, you're probably going to see the same five again coming up this weekend against the the Wildcats. What what is that doing right right before our eyes right now here at the end of the year? Yeah, I mean, and, and what it, it's two freshmen, and I mean, and then I mean, it, it's kind of a hodgepodge, right? Like it's not like this was not probably the offensive line that we going into week one that we would have like. Said like this is these are going to be the guys. Um, it's kind of been a hodgepodge, and, and it's come to. I mean, we've been able to run the ball. Uh, Spencer um, has kind of stayed on his feet the last two weeks um, and had time. And I mean, when that guy's got time, he's he's dangerous. Um, I mean, he is playing at a level that, I mean, from a just a strictly throwing the ball down the field standpoint. Um, you know, if the pocket's clean. He's going to rip it if the pocket breaks down. He's able to kind of break the pocket. I mean, that's when more dangerous stuff happens for him. That big play to X, that touchdown was, I mean, same thing, kind of X ran kind of a like a far cross and went and sat down and Spencer rolled out away and he pivoted outside. And as soon as you get X running full speed with the DB chasing him, uh, he doesn't take a chance. Um, so, uh, no, I mean, having those five guys healthy, I mean, three weeks in a row, um, building that cohesiveness, Lonnie Teasley. I listened to his. Um, he did one of those um, riding in the golf carts with um, <laughs> with Jessica Jackson, and I mean, and, and Lonnie. I, I learned more from Lonnie in that building in two years, and I learned from anybody else in that building in two years. Um, and that's no jabs at anybody else, but Lonnie just 
he was able to communicate really well with me. We kind of saw an eye on things. Um, and what he, what he said in one of those, one of those videos was as and Jessica asked him like, what's your favorite part of this? And he's like watching these players develop. Um, and like, you're seeing two freshmen right in front of their eyes and guys look at next year's class. Holy smokes. If Lonnie Teasley can get those guys and develop them, like he's developed some of these freshmen already, um, it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, so, uh, I mean, obviously huge transformation. Week one was a, was a shit show um, on the offensive line. Um, and, it, you know, it hasn't been clean and polished since. There's been ups and downs along the way. Um, sorry, I just said a curse word. If you got to bleep that out, please do. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, it's gotten better each week. Um, and here we are sitting in week 11, coming off our best performance offensively um, as a unit. Um, so I'm excited to see these next two weeks and seeing if we can continue to grow on, on our play. Yeah. I, you're hoping here with a couple of pretty good defenses coming to town. Clemson's is sixth in the country. Kentucky's a top 50 defense. Um, they've had some nice moments this year, some, some rough moments here lately, but some nice ones. Uh, you're hoping a lot of stuff kind of comes together, Pat, like it did the last couple of years. I know we got to get to some video here in just a second. We will. But, you know, back in 21, y'all won. You beat Auburn. You beat Florida. We all know what happened last year. Um, you mentioned development. It, had it not been for the injuries, you feel like the development would have would be even a little bit further along um, at, a, at a few positions, you know, most notably the offensive line position. It, transitioning to the running back position here, Pat, we, we got a little bit of a problem. Um, they've only got two guys on scholarship. Yeah, it's that, slim. Um, so what do you do? I mean, I mentioned. Uh, let me ask you that. Let me throw this out there too, and let me so you can answer all this together. Um, Trey Trey's ready to go. They they didn't play him this weekend. So they didn't have to, but Trey can play. Yeah. And and Josh Simon is one of my favorite guys to watch play on this team. I just I've, I've loved watching him since day one. Um, he's he's clearly he getting more comfortable. He plays the game the right way. He plays hard. Um, yeah. You listen to him talk. It's easy to like him too. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's very smart. So is it aside from like I mean you got to have somebody somebody back there I guess for depth so I'm assuming it's going to be a walk on but is there a scenario that you can envision here where there's a little they're trying to get a little bit creative this week where maybe they're throwing out some things where you got multiple tight ends on the field is it, I'm going to ask you this you can answer however you want to is there a scenario um, where you might have to utilize the talents of a guy like Lenora Sellers from time to time you're not. You don't want to take Rattler off the field. I know that, and nor should you. But, you know, just trying to get creative and make sure that this thing can can keep itself clicking, is that something that can be helpful if you feel like your run game is going to be maybe maybe a little maybe a little um little light the next couple of weeks with yeah, only Mario. I mean, is, you know. is DK I mean what what's the story there? I mean, I know he missed um last week and kind of got banged up the week before. I think it's an ankle injury. Is he I, I JC, you correct me if I'm wrong here. I I, I doubt we're going to see him at least right. this weekend. Yeah, Shane said not. doubtful yesterday. Okay. Yeah, he's, and, yeah and I mean, Juju's out, broken collarbone yeah, for the season. I saw that. That was um, Juju's Weston's favorite player. There were tears at my house when Juju got hurt. Oh, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Juju, he'll be okay. He'll be back yeah, in there. I mean, you, definitely, you definitely have to get a little creative, right? I mean, um, but – I think you can also protect them. Um, 
I mean, uh, one thing, I, I don't know the stats. I haven't looked at how Kentucky is against the run, but I know the last two years their front seven has been tough to run the ball on, mm-hmm. um, and especially their front four. They got, they got a big old um, – they got a big old defensive line. Um, they have really good edge setters. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I do think in, in kind of some of the plays that – one of the plays that you showed earlier when AB caught that little bubble screen and, and took it the distance. Like, I think there's ways to protect it that way. Um, it's, 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 it's an arm of the run game, um, some of those little bubble screens and spinning it out wide. So, right. yeah, you do have to – I mean, you, you can't lose a guy like Mario. If a guy like Mario goes down, your game plan um, is, is really changed. Um, I, it, it, I don't think, I mean, personally, obviously I'm not the head coach of the university and, but I don't, I don't think I would mess with putting Lenoris, uh, back there at the running back position. I don't know if you maybe do a little wildcat oh, stuff. With him. Um, yeah, that's, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to imply yeah. that. That's not what I was getting. Yeah. No, maybe, maybe a couple wildcat plays. Um, but I mean, you still have to have a tailback in there unless you just want to go a true fullback. So it's not like you're really giving that position too much of a blow. Um, I know DJ Twitty's kind of been potentially a hybrid fullback guy um, who's had a few carries in the in, um, in college ball. So yeah, I mean, I think you do have to get creative a little bit, but I think you also got to. I mean, you look at time with Marcus Lattimore and Mike Davis and, and guys like that. You kind of you kind of fed your horses, right? You kind of, um, you kind of just let them go. Um, and you know, my thing is, is in the way I always play the game, if you play the game, not to get hurt, you're probably going to get hurt. If you play the game with bad intentions, <laughs> you're going to be the hammer, not the nail. Um, that's the way the Mario has played the game so far this year. And, and granted, he's been, he's been relatively healthy. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, you might have to get a little creative, but I don't think you, I don't think you're reinventing the wheel. I think BJ Braswell, will be serviceable, um, more than serviceable. Um, he had that explosive catch, and and you can see the speed. Um, so I think if you can get creative and give him, you know, five to seven touches to give Mario a blow when you need to, um, maybe getting some five wide sets if you if you do need to give the running back a blow. Um, yeah, kind of two tight end sets when you got Josh Simon and, um, and Trey Knox in more passing situations. Um, I mean, I think you can get a little creative, but I don't think you really want to um, get out of what you've been doing because what you've been doing is working, scoring a bunch of balls, scoring a bunch of points. Yeah, it's uh, it seems to be – look, yeah, you're, it's crunch time. So, you know, it's all hands on deck here down the stretch to get where they got to go. Two wins shy of getting into a bowl game, and then who knows from there. But, um, yeah, I, I'll be anxious to see what they come up with. Dowell has proven to be he, – he's, he's – he's, He's pretty creative, and this offense has been pretty darn good all yep. year long at home. Um, so no, he he gets it. Um, I mean, and, and going on his, just going back to his presser. I mean, his big thing was I'm going to take advantage of the college football field. So I'm going to take advantage of how wide these hashes are and how much wider the field can be. Um, and he's done that, kind of spitting it out wide, running the ball, kind of spreading things out. Um, all right, we got the clips going. I'll um. It's, yeah, it's so hard for me to watch that little screen and do it. So I got my I got a little dual screen, so I'm watching it too. Oh. But here you see, <laughs> you're uh, like an insurance agent. Yeah, Fantastic. I mean this is this is that three three five right here, right? And 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 you, you got your three backers kind of hovering inside, um, you know. And, and Debo does a really good job here. He's an a gap pressure guy, but what he does is he consumes that guard. So it's called a cross dog or or an X split. So one linebacker's coming, the next linebacker's scraping it off his butt. 
Um, and Debo does a really good job of consuming that guard and distracting him. And bam, I mean, why I've been saying hey, he needs to be on the field more. Like, look at that first step. Look at him bend the edge there. Look at that explosiveness getting to the football. So, uh, I mean, beautifully drawn up. I mean, running back. I mean, they're in the – this is the – I mean, I wish I had – wish I had control of the thing. I mean, they're in the slide. Like, this should be – when when you draw up where you want the slide protection to be, like, this 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 blitz should be picked up. But Debo consumes the guard, kind of keeps the center intact too and doesn't let the guard get off. Um, I mean, yes, Bam made the, made the sack here, but Debo – I mean, you almost wish you could give like a – an assist on the sack, but Debo gets the assist. Stockton to Malone here. What Phil Paul? Yeah, there you go. Uh, just keep playing this for a second if you can, Phil. Is there is there a player, uh, Pat? Just talking about the emergence of of Bam, Bam, Bam. Uh, is there is there a player that he he reminds you of or something like that? Because I know a lot of guys have we've seen him, but haven't seen a lot of him. But just somebody that would be helpful referencing. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of different than I mean, I mean he's he's like Brad Johnson's size, so he's like the six three, two twenty five, two thirty backer, two six two maybe, um, but he runs like like a sky more. I mean, I'd probably say I don't know. I mean, I haven't clocked him, but I'd probably say he's probably a four five four six guy. Um, I mean, it's hard to because he hasn't had that much time on the field, so you don't want to give him too high a praise. But I mean, he has that skill set that um, allows for you to do multiple things with him because of his size, speed, athleticism. Um, I mean, he's a guy that can play big nickel. He's a guy who can play linebacker. Um, so I mean, I, I think he's he, he's a he's he's a guy that we've wanted to see on the field more. He was on the field a lot more this week and he had 13 tackles, a sack at TFL. So he'd made, he was productive when he was out there. So I'm excited to see him kind of get more reps and, and see what he grows. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, he's kind of like, I mean, this is very high praise, but I mean, guy I played against that was a sideline, a sideline could cover you, could run, tackle, do everything. was like a Thomas Davis guy at the Carolina Panthers. Um, TD was probably a little more stout in the run game. Um, than Bam was or Bam is, but I mean that can also come with more time and attention and reps. Um, but from an athletic standpoint, sideline to sideline, covering a tight end, covering a back in, in space, um, he's kind of got that TD feel. Moving on here, Pat. Uh, hard to believe that this was the first touchdown for Marion Brown as a Gamecock. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's I mean he's like Mister Explosive. Every time he catches one of these bubble screens, it goes for about 20, 30, 40 yards. Um, but yeah, this one, I mean, I mean, great play design, right? I mean, look, I mean, you got the nickel pressure. Great job by Spencer delivering this ball in an area where, where that, that, that edge rusher doesn't get the ball down. I mean, that's a tough throw. Uh, Nick Harbour out wide blocking the outside shoulder, letting A.B. get the edge, and then A.B. just kind of doing what guys that run four two four three do, um, and that's threatening, threatening the sideline with speed. Look, I mean, right here you see kind of mixed two, I mean, I don't know what two's doing. You're sitting there and you have the sideline just inside out, just push him out of bounds. Um, but obviously, AB with his being as fast as he is, put that guy in panic mode and um, was able to hit him with the uh-uh, break back inside. And then, uh, I mean, honestly, the run fake is what what made the backers inside hold, made the safety hold, which really allowed him just that true one on one matchup outside. And I mean, this is what. 
this is what a Gamecock should do against a Commodore almost every time in a one-on-one situation. It's just we have better football players than them. Uh, Marion Brown, again, his first touchdown at the University of South Carolina as a wide receiver, hopefully here the next couple of weeks. He catches a few more of those. That'd be great to see. And then uh, nice play here by Lenoris. Yeah, this is the play that the entire country is talking about. Yeah, um, I know, right. The dude has played what? I, I was looking at looking at the stat line. He has, when he's thrown the ball or run the ball, he's had seven plays. So he's four for four for 84 yards and a touchdown and a bomb touchdown. Um, he has three carries for 47 yards and a touchdown. So he has three touchdowns. Um, and of those seven plays, I think it's three or four explosive plays. Uh, I mean, not not the finish you'd want. I mean, for as athletic as a kid, hey, come on, Lenore, stay on your feet. Don't look like a goober as you as yeah. you're prancing in the end zone. Um, but I mean, here you just you kind of see what you can get with him, kind of a Kim Newton esque, right? I mean, he's Lenore's is 6'3, 6'4, 240, 245. I mean, he's a big old boy and he's got the top end. He's got the wiggle. He has the savviness. He has the arm strength. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited to watch his development and growth. Uh, I mean, look what, look what Dow's done with Spencer in one year. And then, I mean, this is going to be year two with Dow, uh, next year with Lenoris in full time mode. So, um, but I mean that. I mean that play was. I mean is is partially set up. I mean really good blocking by Peyton Manger, number thirteen out wide. Uh, I mean he just chokes number two out. Um, and then Lenoris just reading the backside defensive end. The, the end crashes. He pulls it, and then he's just off to the races. Um, I mean very similar play that AB scored on right here. Kind of running a little out route with it, and I mean the eyes of the DBs. You're you're one on one with twenty seven and twenty seven. You better bring your lunch pail with you if you go to tackle big number 16 um and you know i mean a lot to be excited about with the norris sellers um from the football player but also the kid he is when he was going through the recruiting process and coming to camps um just an impressive young man um who i mean is is south carolina through and through um so really excited about his future i mean all all the coaches up there in florence spoke so so highly of him obviously win the state championship and everything they did while he was there. Um, just an impressive story. And I mean, it's the story's just getting started boys with that kid. Yeah. He, he brings a little bit of a different element there, being able to run that, that, that type of offense with him in there. He, he can do it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, uh, he's, a, he's a Connor Shaw with the ball in his hands, but he's four inches taller and 30, 40 pounds heavier. Ooh. Probably a little more arm strength too. Although Connor's arm strength was not as bad as people thought. Yeah. I mean, Lenoris can sling it. He can. I hate. To, yeah. I hate with two more games. I hate to get excited about next year, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've. I hadn't seen many like him, Pat. I just hadn't. And I saw yeah. Cam do. I saw Cam Newton come out of high school. I rated Cam five stars out of high school. Nobody else did. No. Yeah. This kid's. Beyond him, in a he's lot more, of ways, he's no more polished. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, definitely. Kim was a whole different monster. I mean, just with kind of how he carried himself and his confidence. Like mm. Lenore's definitely isn't flamboyant and kind of out there, yeah. kind of cocky, arrogant. I mean, Lenore's is a quiet, and he's like, "I'm going to kick your ass," and I'm not going to tell you I'm going to kick your ass. I'm just going to kick your ass and I'm gonna do it quietly. Um, mm. 
So, I mean, I mean, that's what you love about the kid. I mean, he's going to be, um, he's going to be really fun to track here these next, um, couple years. Um, and you know, let's, I'm with you, JC. <laughs> Far ourselves. We got two weeks of 2023 yeah, it, Carolina football still, but um, it, mean, it's hard not. It's hard not to notice some fun years. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's no question about that. Well, hopefully, it's a fun weekend coming up, uh, Pat. Um, we've got Darude coming. That's that's the sole reason that Flint is coming to the game this weekend. Oh, that's always geez. talked about for a month. Have his shirt off I mean, on stage. Capacities. I'm, I'm so. I told. I. I literally told him this week. I said I am so tired of hearing about you talk about Da Rude. You know, like <laughs> that's all you've done for a month. Like, do you not care about the football? Oh yeah, dude. But we're we're, we're coming to party today, Junior. Yeah. So this game is. I'm serving in the Letterman's Lounge. So any Letterman. Oh. Okay. I will be serving down there in the Letterman's Lounge pre-game, post-game, <laughs> and halftime. Um, so I will not be turning up with uh, with Michael Floyd. And then Sunday, I'm running in like Floyd. I'm running in a 10k Spartan race on Sunday. So I've kind of strategically placed that. So I'm not going to be feeling like crap on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, sir. Yeah, that's a good idea, man. Serve and then go do that Spartan race, man. You got it. <laughs> yeah. You got it figured out. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. So, uh, Letterman, listen up. Uh, Demarco's got you covered. Uh, new sheriff in town down there. Letterman. Yeah, he, he, know, he knows. He knows who needs more and who needs less. And um, and certainly, well, that'll be fun, man. Well, I really appreciate it. Look forward to catching up with you this weekend. Uh, can't wait to get there. It's going to be. This is. This is. Uh, they're they're just four and six, but there is a lot to play for. And these are two major opportunities, not only to beat two of your rival, well, your, your rival in Kentucky, of course, an Eastern Division rival, um, but um, but also to kind of get things back on track. You know, beating these guys two years in a row, both of them, that that's something that we need to see around here. What I'm getting at here, Saturday night at Williams Bryce is going to be fun. Yeah, uh, so it's a big one. It's uh, it's kind pack of a lunch. Yeah, continuing the growth and trajectory of the program. Um, I mean, yeah. there were there were times even last year before before we won out the last two or three games. I mean, it was, there was doom and gloom at times too, but Shane Beamer found a way to rally his guys uh, and rally the staff to, um, to, to finish off strong. That's one thing he's done. Um, all, I mean, his first two years and then leading into this year, two in a row. Um, so I'm really excited to watch them go out there and compete their tails off against Kentucky and, and hopefully they get that one done. And then, then it's a really big one the following week. Um, against the, the team in the upstate to play for bowl eligibility and, and, and all that good stuff. And I know um, I know Shane and, and, and Co. are going to have our guys really ready to go. Um, I mean, that's one thing that he's – I mean, he's he's crushed it in all facets, but he he can really – he knows how to motivate the guys and, and, and get them going. Good to see you, brother. Have a wonderful yep. week. We'll, uh, we'll hopefully we'll be diagnosing another win. We're on a hot streak right now. That's That's two in a row. They call that a winning streak. Yep. First time all year. Two in a row. <laughs> see you, man. All right. See y'all. There you go. The great Pat DeMarco here on Inside the Gamecocks. The show right now at, uh, at over at Gamecock Tradition, spend $50, get $5 in uh, Carolina cash. Every 50, you get five. You turn around and spend it. How about saving money this, this holiday season? That is quite the way to do it. Gamecock Traditions is always 
Got the best variety of pretty much anything you're looking for when it comes to the Gamecock logo, GamecockTraditions.com. You, of course, can go see them in store as well. All right, uh, we will step aside. Plenty to get to. Hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be right back. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my home. These windows could shut into the ground. These walls could fall right down. Hey Gamecock fans, Mike Morgan here. During my time in Columbia, one of my favorite places to eat was Salsaritas. When I go back now for work or any other reason, it's still Salsaritas. Yeah, I'm like you. I love tacos. I love Tex-Mex. Where are you going to go to get them? Well, you've got two convenient Salsaritas locations, one in Lexington in the Target Center and one in West Columbia as well. Now, if you like tailgating, and who doesn't? Whether it's for a football game or anything else, they've got the catering hotline. Get yourself some Fiesta packs to take tailgating. 
tailgating. Get yourself the Three Amigos bundles for tailgating. They make catering easy with a fresh, hot setup. And again, you just call the phone number 803-543-6297 to set it up. You can also look them up online or you can even download the app. Salsaritas is just a cut above the rest. That's why they're serving williams Price Stadium and the South Stands, also serving in the Colonial Life Arena. Again, that catering hotline number, make it easy for you and the folks out there. You don't need to settle for sandwiches every time. 803-543-6297. 803-543-6297. Shop Charleston Fitness Equipment this holiday season. Major discounts on treadmills, rowers, ellipticos, and more. Proud partners of Carolina Rise, Inside the Gamecocks, and the Chief Sports Network. CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com, 843-388-0999. Charleston Fitness Equipment, this holiday season. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show live always from the Sinorama studios. I just got a just got a neat text, guys. I guess um, I guess I could just say this. I don't think he didn't, he didn't tell me I couldn't say it, but uh, we will be airing the uh, Touchstone Energy North South Bowl on the Chief Sports app this year. So who's uh, doing play by play? Well, Is that I, you, I, Jamie. I, it's not going to be me. No, no, no. That is our neighborhood Christmas party. I will be uh, already drinking at my house. Ah, the, but, uh, oh, the one, the one, the one but, you love. But the, uh, it, it's coming. I guess, I guess it's coming from the sports talk guys because Phil texted me. Good. And um, so we'll be airing that. It uh, will uh, we'll go on the air at noon. And um, so wherever you are that Saturday, you'll just you'll be able to listen to it right there on the Chief Sports. God, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, oh, cool. Love those we all star games. Like a Manning cast, JC. That would be fun. Yeah, we could do it. Get on there. Are, if, <laughs> yeah. if, if JB's going to be drinking at his Christmas party, that'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> get out, have a little eggnog. <laughs> hey, nice game, guys. Well, yeah, that's by, <laughs> by the end, I'll just be talking yeah. smack about every player that does didn't go to Burns. Yeah, I know we lost to Hillcrest in the second round. They suck. Uh, it's inexcusable to lose to Greenville County School if you're Burns or Spartanburg. Spartanburg lost to jail. Man, they <laughs> suck worse. What if I like like okay, Gamecocks? I've lived it. You know, I think I handle losses better than I used to. The Bears, mm. the Bears. I mean, it's just misery. Misery City. I'm new to it. I, the one thing I'll just talk smack about is Burns. I just I can't I can't handle that. That, that's losing to a Greenville County school in the playoffs is unheard of. I mean, you guys don't understand how bad those schools have been historically. Yeah, I get uh, that. And, I, yeah, and, I was surprised. To, to, <laughs> to, to see my school go out to Hillcrest and my my father's alma mater, the Spartan, mighty Spartan High Vikings, go out to JL freaking man. Dude, 
Give me a flipping break, guys. Get it together. Get it together, Grouch. <laughs> Man, I live in a trash can. Nobody's helping me. Y'all remember that Dave Chappelle house for the Grouch? It's like, get it together, Grouch. Get a job, Grouch. Man, I live in a trash can. Ain't nobody helping me on Sesame Street. <laughs> I don't know what needs to happen at Burns High School, but my God. I mean, you win the one of the toughest regions in, in the state, and you go and lose to Hillcrest in the playoffs. Hillcrest. The Rams. Clint says Hillcrest is good this year, though, JC. Not as good as Burns. Well, I y'all can say whatever you want. I went to Wando. None of you had problems like we've had. But I can assure you. Y'all can sit here and bitch and moan all you want to bitch and moan. You ain't had problems like we've had. But I can assure you of one thing. Those problems are about to be solved. Just everybody sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Wade Hampton actually won more games than one this year, which is terrible. Everybody just sit back, enjoy the show. Just just watch and learn. Watch and learn. Watch and learn. All All right. right. uh, Tonight, Carolina will play VMI in basketball, 7 o'clock at the Colonial Life Arena. Man, I wish I could get there. I can't. If you can, go. Go, 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 go. These guys are fun. You might go out there and enjoy something you haven't been able to sit around and enjoy for a while. If if you've got uh, three that would like to go to the game with you, we've got a great way for you to attend. How does free sound, JC? All right, yeah. So thanks to uh, uh, one of our you know pseudo supporters at Carolina Rise, Jason, who by the way has a fantastic Airbnb in Five Points, 2009 Green Street. It's my studio south when I go and stay in Columbia a lot of the time. You've seen it here. It's great to rent game day weekends. Basketball season's coming up with recruiting weekends and stuff. You just want to get away in Columbia, be walking distance to everything. Uh, Go check that out. I've got information if you need it. He has been nice enough to give four tickets free to tonight's game of VMI. First person to email us to insidethegamecast at gmail.com. We'll get those tickets. Just uh, there's, I mean, you can't get to, to y'all. Wow. I can't can't give y'all a trivia question. I okay, mean, let's do one. Let's do one trivia question. This is going to be very easy. Uh, who is South Carolina's uh, quarterback? You have to. If you don't include that answer, you lose. Don't be a loser. I know some people can't help it, but I'm going to write your mother Trebek. Your mother Trebek. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, Turd Ferguson. Yeah, you respond in an email without the starting quarterback's name at South Carolina. You have lost. So I, I saw that celebrity Jeopardy the, thing. The attention to detail here. Attention to de- it's not really a trivia question. It's just attention to detail. That's right. Yeah, we, you, we have to late. confirm your identity. No, you're not a Russian bot. But yeah, I That's got right. four free well, tickets. I, I, uh, I wonder about well, something. If you live in Virginia or somewhere like that, y'all, that's not going to help us. <laughs> So inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com. If you would like to, uh, to join us. So that's, uh, that's good. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's a good deal there, uh, for everybody. If you like to get four tickets, we have a winner. We already have a winner. We already have a winner. Yeah. Let's is it Clint it. again? Uh-oh, it is no. not Clint. It is Stephen. Stephen. Oh, all right, all right. Amy, Palmetto bus sales. Okay, oh, I'm gonna just uh, 
right. I'm going to get uh, a guy. That, the guy's name's Jason. He's going to forward these to you during the next break. I'll send him your email address over. You know how the e-tickets and all that stuff works these days. They're not paper tickets anymore. So that's wonderful. Uh, appreciate that. Get four more P butts in the stands tonight for Lamont Paris's team. So that's good. I think I did my part. Uh, Mississippi State and Texas A&M's administration has been doing their part. And I want everybody to know that uh, I said this on J.C. Morgan today. The, the, the folks, because every everybody likes to give Ray Tanner crap about things, you know, even though South Carolina is not even in the ballpark of firing their head football coach right now. Everybody's like, oh, well, look at Ross Bjork from Texas A&M, handling business. Now, look, mm-hmm. I'm a Ross Bjork fan. I think the guy's a good athletic director. He was good at Ole Miss. He's been good at A&M. But that's not how that went down. Look, I know we all know some people that maybe were in administration here that have been in administration there. They don't make the decisions. Here's what <laughs> happened on Tuesday. Picture a dirt road and a oh, roadside diner in the middle of Texas. All right? A Cadillac pulls up with an Aggies license plate on it. And Big John walks in with his 10-gallon cowboy hat on. Well, then Big Rex pulls up in his Cadillac and walks in. And then Carlos Ramirez, who owns probably the largest uh, bunch of taco restaurants in Texas, who's a big Aggie, he pulls up. Okay? Then Mrs. Sue Ellen Pierce, who is an heir to an oil dynasty, pulls up. And then Big Rick and Big Donald pull up, and, and they're brothers. And their daddy's an old baron. All right. So they go in and Big John meets like, well, y'all, I just put 10 million in a check in the hat here. I'm going to pass it around. You guys put your checks in. And I'm going to take these hat full of checks and go tell Ross what we're going to do. And they all put their checks in and gets in his Cadillac. It goes to College Station and tells them what they're going to do. And that's how that went down. Mm-hmm. Now, there may have been some people on the board of trustees, which is why they had a four-hour meeting about it, saying, well, are we sure we want to spend this money, blah, blah, blah. But there's money, and there's oil money. And that's what happened there. It was There was no foresight by the AD to do it. If he, if he had wanted to do it, and Big Oil said no, then Jimbo's the coach next year. Right. If he hadn't wanted to do it, and Big Oil said make a move, then Jimbo's not the coach here next year. Eric Hyman didn't want to give Kevin Sumlin a big raise with a big buyout. Do you think he got his way? No. That's why he was gone after three years. It's just Mm -hmm. how it works. You know, I mean, you got movers and shakers everywhere, including here. But it's nothing like Texas A&M. And there's no way, I mean, I think most athletic directors around the country would have said, hey, well, we're seven and five. We may win eight. He's recruiting well. Let's let's get, you know, we don't want to spend this much money. But all it took was passing around the 10-gallon hat out there at that diner in Texas, and that decision was done. That's how it works, right? That's how it works. Well, so, exactly. And, and with that, I do – and that's and that's why when Mike talks – Mike talks about this all the time, that the athletic director argument people make all the time is very, very overrated. You do need good leadership, I agree. But the, this constant, like, savior AD complex around here – you, you, you got it. It's good. We can point out reality uh, at some other places. Um, and that's just kind of all I got to say about that. So with that, my boy, Josh from sportsbet.ag 
rolled me an email today with the next Tech Texas A&M coach odds. And this is important because South Carolina right now, A&M still on the schedule and they will be every other year regardless. So the, the, the best odds, how about this guys? Lane Kiffin. Yeah. I, he's a name that he's the first name I mentioned this morning. As a matter of fact, Dan Lanning um, is two, Mike Elko, three, Mike Norvell, four, and then Jeff trailer and Kalen DeBoer, DeBoer's Washington, Jeff trailers, UT San Antonio. Uh, they're tied for fifth. I, I, I think that you think this list is with this move midseason. How what? like internally? How short do you think that list is? Like internally, do they have like two names that they're if like one of these me, If it were me, backroomed. You know, <laughs> all right, so so I'll, I'll put it like this: Somebody just mentioned Urban Meyer in the chat box, and he's not listed in the odds. But if it were me and I were them. I am getting a ball coach. Urban Meyer, by the way, on AM's list is 20 to 1 odds. I am not worried about a big name. I'm not worried about recruiters. I'm not worried about top 10 classes. I think AM attracts talent itself. James Franklin's on the list, too, by the way. I, I, but he's a recruiter to me. To me, James, I like James, but he's a recruiter. He's not necessarily a, a, a guy that is this X's and O's genius. I want a guy that can coach, whether that's Lance Leopold, whether that's Kleiman from Kansas State, whether that's Mike Elko, Mike Norvell, Kalen DeBoer, guys like that. I I don't even know that I'd say Dan Lanning right now because I think Dan's doing a good job, but he's still kind of young. I want somebody that can go in there and coach my players because they've got everything there. And Quantrell and Doe, I don't think PJ Fleck would be a good fit because he's not a cut. He's a he's a he's a hype guy. He's a recruiter. I don't think Dabo Sweeney would be a good hire there, other than the fact they give him a blank check to hire whatever coordinators he wanted. You know, I wouldn't leave it in the hands of hiring coordinators. I would want a guy that's a ball coach. Just so who who wins? And, and to me, that's Mike Elko. I mean, uh, you know, I, I I don't I think that guy's proven and he's he's a proven coordinator uh, at all levels. Uh, and he's proven winner. It's hard to win at Duke, much harder than AM. And you could say, well, JC is a more with less guy that's been at small schools and won. What makes you think he can handle AM? Well, he's been at AM as the coordinator. He knows the culture. He's been at Notre Dame as the coordinator. You know, uh, so I, he's from New Jersey, and that's a little different having a dude from Germany. But hey, they've tried everything. They've tried the alum, Mike Sherman. They've tried bringing Dennis Francione back from Bama. You know, they've tried uh, uh, the, the hot young coach in state with ties, Kevin Sumlin. They've tried the big name they broke the bank for that won a national championship elsewhere, Jimbo Fisher. It's all been the same. It's all been the same. So I'm I'm going for a ball coach. And I, I now, is Lane Kiffin a ball coach? Would Lane Kiffin make people excited? Absolutely. Um, and Lane may want to go somewhere. There's a little more resources. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just think, I mean, y'all tell me. I mean, I, I I don't think it would get past Elko to, uh, to me. Um, Mississippi State, the the number one odds guy is a guy we all know and have followed for years. Jamie Chadwell from Liberty, Wouldn't followed by uh, Jeff yeah. Levy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff Levy, the the OC at Oklahoma. Willie Fritz from Tulane. Rhett Lashley, the head coach at SMU. 
and Tom Herman uh, is tied with Rhett fourth. And then John Summerall, the coach at Troy, uh, who's a Kentucky grad, he, he's in there too. I, with Summerall, you know, watch the Iowa job this year and see if it opens. Because if it does, Summerall could be the next uh, coach at Kentucky. Okay. So, um, and no, I don't think Zach Arnett's coming to South Carolina as the D coordinator. Because guess what else opened today? San Diego State. And guess where he came from? San Diego State. And guess what else is open? Southern Cal D coordinator. He's a West Coast guy. Shane did interview him. He was interested when he was at Mississippi State. But I, that's, I understand why people speculate on that. Number one, there's not a D coordinator job open right now. Number two, I think he's going to have an opportunity to get back West. Um, and if and if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm probably hiring him because the guy's used to coordinating the defense with that ridiculous style of offense, and, and he's had success with it when he coached under the Pirate. It may not he may not love it, and that's why he's not that coach at Mississippi State anymore because he screwed that up. But as a coordinator, I don't know that Southern Cal could do much better. You know, as a guy that has experience doing that. So anyway, I just wanted to fill all y'all in on that. We'll continue to talk about that. I've got some thoughts as well. Good choice of music. Some good news. We think that you'll enjoy. We'll be here shortly. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271 Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go game cops.
With a little love and something tennis We'll walk upon the water We'll rise above the mist With a little peace and some harmony We'll take the world together We'll take them by the hand As many of you are now figuring out, the next two Saturdays will be under the lights at Williams-Brice Stadium. Final hour, welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show served by Chicken Cock and, of course, part of the Chief Sports Network, which is expanding. We have announcements on that coming up here very soon as well. Uh, this was, uh, I will say I was tipped off to this a few days ago that this was more than likely, very likely. And uh, and just a little bit ago, uh, the university did receive the official news that uh, South Carolina and Clemson will be kicking off at 730 on the SEC network. So the SEC network will just stay in town for a week as they have this week's ball game between the Wildcats and the Gamecocks, too. Uh, So the next couple of weekends sure could be a lot of fun at Williams Bryce Stadium. And um, I got a feeling they probably will be. So there you go. That's what everybody was hoping to get, and they got it. Uh, Gamecocks, Tigers under the under the lights here at uh, mm. in just less than a couple of weeks. So it should be a lot of fun. Should be a lot. Game. How, when was the last time we played each other at night? Uh, um, you don't want to remember that one, Phil. No, I mean, yeah, I know I don't want to remember it. because It was 2021. Yeah, it wasn't a pretty one. But, hey, guess what? South Carolina has a whole lot better offensive coordinator, a whole lot better quarterback, and a whole lot. And and, and they don't face Brent, Brent Venables. Although, Clemson's defense is by far the best defense South Carolina's played since Missouri, probably. And they're probably better than Missouri. So, it's they got their work cut out for them. Um, and what you hope is well, no, they, they are better than Missouri. They're the Clemson's yeah. got the best defense in college football. Yeah, they're, they're up there with everybody else that's good year. on I mean, defense, and it's uh, but so. they're one and three on the road. That's not going to change because they don't play any more road games until they come to Columbia. Only one was at Syracuse, they lost to Duke, NC State, and Miami away from home. So they haven't necessarily, they're like a lot of teams in college football this year, they have not necessarily torn it up on the road. Um, you know, same thing with Kentucky, honestly, you know, Kentucky's won two road games, but it was Vandy and, and the Mississippi State when they played there. I mean, we saw how bad things have gotten in Mississippi State last week. The wheels have come completely off. Yep. Mississippi State did not have Will Rogers. They did not have Marks, Gabe Marks in there. They're starting running back. Uh, and so Kentucky just sort of grounded it out on them. And uh, they were just so shorthanded and bad. Yeah, I mean. We were talking about that earlier. The difference in South Carolina and the Wildcats is six and four versus four and six. But really, at the end of the day, 
they, I mean, the Kentucky's got wins over Tennessee. Uh, I mean, uh, they, they've got a win over Florida. Uh, sorry. They've got a win over Florida this year. They're sitting here at um, six and four, three and four in the league. Outside of that, they've got losses to Tennessee, the loss to Missouri, loss to Georgia, and then they've got a loss to Alabama. Their other two league wins are Vanderbilt and Mississippi State, like you just pointed out. So, what, what, circling back, what was I getting at here? What's the difference? Well, the difference is they opened up the year with Ball State, Eastern Kentucky, and Akron. And if you can go get them this weekend, the Wildcats dropped to six and five and uh, three and five in the league, and the Gamecocks are five and six, three and five in the league. So, like, there's been this perception that Kentucky's had this really good, outstanding year, and maybe people were remember, remembering when they were five and zero. Oh, but since then, they're just one and four, and they've given up a crap load of points in doing that. Fifty-one, thirty-eight, thirty-three, and forty-nine in those four SEC uh, losses. So, you know, the, Carolina scores a lot of points at home. They score about forty points a game when they're playing at home, and so you're really hoping that that translates this week. Let, let me squeeze this in real quick too, JC. The rest of the field that weekend. In case you didn't see it or don't know, uh, always loved this, the Egg Bowl on Thursday nights. We, we knew that that was being played at 7.30, and we also knew about Missouri on the road at Arkansas on CBS. Could that be Sam Pittman's final game as a head coach of the Hogs? We'll find out. Uh, but then on Saturday, A&M at LSU at noon on ESPN. The Iron Bowls at 3.30 on CBS, also at 3.30 preceding the Gamecocks and the Wildcats are the Commodores and the Vols. Uh, Florida State and Florida in the swamp at 7 on ESPN. Georgia at Georgia Tech at 7.30 on ABC. And Kentucky at Louisville that night will be announced after this coming weekend. The ACC, I don't really care necessarily, but but I understand why fan bases would care. They have got to start doing a better job of making these fans wait on, in a six-day window. It's, it's absurd. Ridiculous. They do it every week, and it is getting to be asinine. The ACC, I get it. The league sucks. Let's just call it like it is, and that's more likely why they have to wait until the sixth day so they can get a freaking good game somewhere in a decent spot. But they got to figure it out. I mean, at the end of the day, it really just isn't that important. So, you know, that's that's not fair to these teams. Figure it out. Your league sucks, and I get that. But you, you can't keep doing this to these fan bases that pay all this money to go watch the games. And I will give my time back to the gentleman in the American flag beanie. Thank you, gentleman with the old school Carolina logo hat on. <laughs> no, look, it's uh, it is yeah, they, they do it way too often, and, and sometimes you just feel like it's just not necessary. I mean, no, it's not. They, they only have. Well, I mean, I guess the Georgia Tech is their game, uh, so. They put that one at seven thirty. Georgia Tech, Georgia. Yeah, which um, I thought there why, would be. Why is Louisville? I mean, what, what what's wrong with slotting Louisville and Kentucky someplace? I mean, uh, what these else are, is that weekend? NC State, these are NC State, North Carolina. Yeah, these are the four. These are the flex. NC State at North Carolina, Virginia Tech at Virginia, Pitt at Duke, uh, which is either going to be a noon or a three thirty kick, and Kentucky at Louisville. So, I mean, I, I, what what are any of them playing for? Just figure it, it out. It shouldn't be hard to slot that. And I know, I know that uh, the a- ABC also has the SEC, and it's great to have Georgia on because their ratings. But, I mean, if they were actually picking good games for best slots, NC State and North Carolina would have been the night game. Uh, I think it's been so long since Georgia and Georgia Tech have played at night, though, that it, it just may be time. 
Uh, I, I don't see Georgia Tech giving them much of a game. <laughs> well, um, not Tech, right now. I mean, you 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 can make an argument right now. I I could I could legitimately make this argument right now that Georgia and Alabama are playing the best football in the country ahead of Michigan. Yes, I can make that argument. I can make. I'm not saying that it's right, and somebody else might have a different take on. It. That's fine. I'm just saying that you can. I can make an argument that both of those teams are playing the best football in the country. And if they continue to win, we could really be in line for a heck of an SEC championship game. They both, as good as they were coming into the year, they have both gotten better as the year has gone on. Have you noticed that? Super teams coming into the season, and they've both gotten better through 10 games as well, which is hard to believe. Think a couple months back with Alabama and then – how did you feel about Georgia after that Auburn win? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> both yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean, Georgia went to Vandy and only won like thirty-seven to twenty. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, look, I'll yeah, they better watch out this weekend. They have a valve, though, man. Like it's like, hey, we, hey, Mike, yes, sir. Will you cut the spigot on? Oh, shoot! I didn't realize we were only up fourteen. Hold on. Okay, is that better, Coach? We're up twenty-eight now. That'll do. Yep. Thank you. They just they can turn that thing on in a hurry, man. They're a momentum team. I mean, Ole Miss was going up and down the field early, and then all of a sudden, I I actually fell asleep during that game Saturday, and I woke back up, and it was yeah, you know, seemed like Ole Miss was hanging in there, and it was. But I was like, oh, and it, it's because the fiance was pulling for Ole Miss because she she's got a Lane Kiffin t shirt. She's a big fan of Lane, and um, <laughs> and I, she kept cheering. Oh, this is good. This is good. It's good. And I looked up, and it was still Georgia was winning. 21-14, and they just demolished Like you said, turn on the spigot and demolished. Mm-hmm. Demolished them. Uh, better watch out this weekend, though. Tennessee, don't. Tennessee, those guys sometimes don't show up, especially on the road. It's kind of shocking they only scored seven points against a team that they scored 128 combined against the last two years. But Missouri is really, really good. You could probably ask Georgia how good Missouri is. Okay. Don't get caught with your pants down in Rocky Top this weekend, dogs. Don't do it. I don't it. think you will. I don't I mean, see it. Georgia, the two times they played Heupel's team, Muschamp and those guys have had a great game plan against the tempo. And if you remember when Heupel was at Missouri, South Carolina always slowed them down pretty good too. But uh, it's just one of those things. You know, just don't – because it's not – you know, the, the division's wrapped up. Everything's wrapped up till you get to Atlanta and play Alabama. And you don't want to get caught looking ahead in that environment. Because that is the one thing that would say, you know, Tennessee's – I don't want to say it's a disappointing season. I think Vols kind of had high, too high expectations this year. Um, But that that could really change, you know, what, what could have been a disappointment into a, hey, we're 9-3 and three and snap Georgia's however long that winning streak is. But, man, I'm excited. It's Georgia and Bama again and Mercedes-Benz. That's going to be a hell of a ball game. And I'm with you, JB. I'll say this, and we'll talk more with Mike about this tomorrow. I think the top four teams in the country are Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, Michigan, in no Michigan. no particular order. I think they're all they, – like, no offense to the undefeated Washington or Florida State or Texas that beat Alabama earlier this year. I think right now those are the top four. And I don't know – there would have to be a crazy scenario for all four to get in the playoff. Like Florida State would have to drop something 
you'd have to have Texas lose to Oklahoma or whoever they play in the Big 12 again. Washington, of course, would have to lose. And then I don't know that a one-loss Oregon doesn't get in. But Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Alabama are the top four teams in the country right now. Uh, again, I couldn't dispute that. I mean, I don't know that it's um, – I, I, I'm not – I'm not saying that it's true or isn't true. I'm saying you can make an argument for for Georgia and Alabama playing the best ball in the country. I'm I agree with you. I think you can certainly make an argument for that. I think that I think that with that said, teams like Florida State, teams like Oregon, teams like Washington, they they can they can also beat all those teams. And what do I mean by that? I just mean just that once. Like, they could have that special day for a couple of reasons. One, they all play pretty good defense. Number two, they all have a good quarterback. And and so they could have a day. You know, on a neutral site, Oregon could beat Alabama or Washington could beat Georgia if it all went their way. Like, they're, they're good enough to do that. I don't know if it's Jimmy's and Joe's hat on a hat good enough, but, like, you know – if it all went their way type thing, like those type teams can beat all those teams you just mentioned, JC. Um, but, but I also, I also totally agree. And I know that last week, you know, somebody in our chat box who clearly knows more than everybody was laughing at the fact that Jalen Milrow, you know, was beaten up on sorry defenses, this, that, and the other. You can laugh all you want to right now. Show me a team that's just going to run out there and stop Alabama's offense. Cause there, I, I, it might be Georgia, but outside of that, Maybe maybe Michigan, maybe Ohio State, but stop. I'm saying stop it now, not slow it down. Stop it. I so, mean, just look at his development. I mean, he wasn't beating up on the USF defense, and I don't think they're world beaters. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a just point. a few weeks ago, well, yeah. he didn't play. <laughs> they played Tyler oh, yeah, Bunker and yeah, Ty Simpson against them. He, uh, yeah, the dude. They know. they figured it out with him. Like they figured I, it out. Contra, I got to correct you on something here. J.J. McCarthy threw for 40 yards. I don't see the Michigan hype. Dude, you do realize Michigan did not throw the ball in the second half at all in that game? What kind of big Wolverine energy is that, dude? (laughs) You're in Happy Valley, and Penn State's got a nasty defense. And you say, we're just just not going to freaking throw it in the second half. We're going to run it up your rectum and win the game by nine points because you're not good enough to score on our defense, yeah. and we are going to score on your offense. And they it was did. like game play calling against a four-year-old. It was like, well, they're not – it just keeps working. <laughs> they're not stopping I mean, it. yeah, it was just like you just get no, there, I, no. eye formation, and just boom, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. That's, I mean, that's, that's, I've never seen that. They didn't throw a single pass. They didn't call a pass. There was no, it's not like they went over two. They just did not throw a forward pass in the second half. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that, especially a top ten matchup on the road. Then your starting quarterback threw eight passes in the game, seven of yeah, eight I mean, for sixty yards. Whew. I mean, talk about a throwback. <laughs> they were just like, we, they're like, we forty signals? years <laughs> signals. We don't need no stinging signals. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna line up and beat your face in. How about that? That's the other side of it. It was like we don't need to know what you're doing. We're just, yeah. we're just gonna maul you at the yeah. line. To Quantrell's yeah, no. point, there he they've got to throw it. I guess they Ohio have State to throw it against Ohio. State. Oh yeah, they're gonna have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Ohio State's got way. I mean, Penn State's been Penn State. All right, so here we go. Mm. Everybody out there in 
hire this coordinator or that coordinator land. Mike Yurchich, <laughs> who everyone would have crawled on their belly through glass for South Carolina to get a few years ago, uh, got fired at Penn State. That offense looked like a dumpster fire. Now, Franklin's an offensive guy. You don't know how much of his input was on it. but uh, So there you go. There's one of your superstars. And, and I think Mike Yurchich could get a, probably get a job somewhere and be fine. But, yeah, it doesn't always work. We never know. It's an inexact science. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, it, exactly. It, the coaching stuff, and I know we've got to step aside. Oh, I'll tell you what, because I was about to transition to that, let's just go ahead and do that. Let's just take an early break. We'll come back to the coaching carousel and that type of stuff. The Palmetto Cocktail pregame party is coming up. You excited now? You don't have to wake up at the, you know, you know what, crack of dawn to go watch Carolina Clemson kick off? How about a late night with Billy G's Barbecue? The Palmetto Cocktail pregame party presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue is Friday, Black Friday, November the 24th from 7 to 11 at the Rock Bridge Club in Forest Acres, South Carolina. Dance the night away with too much Sylvia, too much barbecue, some heavy hors d'oeuvres, and lots of alcohol. You can go to the Chief Sports app, click the party button, and buy your tickets now. I know you're all fired up. Everybody's all fired up. Don't have to. Well, I don't know if I want to go to that. We might have to get up really early on Saturday. Good news. Take four ibuprofen, go to bed. You'll be fine on Saturday morning. They don't kick till 730. Head to the Chief Sports app to get those tickets now. Come see your friends. Meet new friends. Bring your family. Have some fun. Thanksgiving weekend, the Palmetto Cocktail pregame party presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, Friday, November the 24th. If you missed any of that, hit the button in your phone, the Chief Sports app. All the information is right there in that party section. All right, so we'll step aside when we return. Uh, we'll get back into the coaching stuff, and we'll talk more. Gamecocks as well have not had a chance to really dive into the basketball from this weekend, so I want to make sure we – uh, squeeze a couple things in there on that. Bill, JC, JB, here till 2. We'll be right back. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. This holiday season, you can give a gift like never before. Hey guys, it's JB. Rescues in Resin produces custom-designed wood and resin products. From tables to wall art, coasters to cutting boards, and pretty much anything you can dream. Proud Gamecocks and veteran-owned, Dustin and Tabitha are creating products that will blow your family and friends away when they take the wrapping paper off this Christmas. Check them out in the Chief Sports app now to get your custom order in before it's too late. Rescues and Resin are also proud supporters of Carolina Rise and proud partners of the Chief Sports Network. Rescuesandresin at gmail.com or in the Chief Sports app is where you can find them. Change your gift-giving game today by ordering a custom design through our friends Tabitha and Dustin in Rescues and Resin. company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina, and we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product, and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious. 
State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you. Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. Yards shy of Alshon Jeffrey's single season school record for receiving yards. We'll see if he can put a major dent in that this weekend against the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, JC, Phil, and myself got about 40 more minutes left here on uh, what is turning out to be a nice Monday out there. It is turning into the holiday season quickly as well. Make sure you check out the holidays portion of our app for ideas this holiday season uh there's a lot of neat stuff in there from all of our clients you can shop online if you don't want to go stand in line and things like that in those stores pretty we've made it really really dang easy on you just pull up the chief sports app and you can find all that in one space all right so look jc phil goes over phil went over um we threw this out last week and in the last I mean, I guess 20, 24 hours, two have happened. The over-under on new coaches in 24 in the SEC, we kind of threw it, at, but last week we, we phrased it with uh, with Mike Morgan at two and a half. Well, there are two right now. Phil thinks there will be more. You? I'd say four and a half. Four, four and a half? You think there could be five new coaches in the SEC? No, I'd take the under on that, but I'd set it at four and a half. Why? Oh. Just out of curiosity, why would you put that at four and a half? I would take the under, but if I were setting the line, I would say four and a half because there's there's one that I'm that I'm, I'm putting the probably category that nobody's talking about, and then there's uh, another one that uh, if things go horribly wrong, it could happen. But I, I think he's safe, but maybe not. Okay, let me guess on these. All right, I'm going. I think Sam Pittman. I agree. I, I, I unfortunately don't think he's going to survive. I, no. I think he should, but I don't think he will. I don't think the. My guess that last one you're talking about is Billy Napier. Yes, but then you also have to consider what if Lane Kiffin goes to Texas A&M. He is yeah. the odds leader right. right now. Okay, okay. All right, now you're making sense. Okay. Yeah, I was going to okay. say, yeah, All are right. there any voluntary departures that you're seeing? Yep. <laughs> now you're making sense. Well, and and like, hey, like we already mentioned, if Ference decides to hang it up, I mean, Mark Stoops is going to be right in the thick of that one. So... And I don't then, know, so, brother. I don't but know. If, if that happened, if if so, if Ole Miss, yeah, okay. So then Ole Miss and huh, wow, I feel like Ole Miss and Mississippi State are always 
changing head coaches at the same time. Does it feel like that? Yeah, well, they did last time with Leach and because uh, they got rid of Matt Luke. Matt and see, Matt Luke was kind of like there's Zach Arnett, and and then for the weirdest one was Joe Moorhead in Mississippi State. Dude was like there, and then he wasn't there. Yeah, is he here? <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> he was just like there, and then the kid hiked his leg and peed on the ball, and and. They won the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State did, and Matt Lou got fired because of it. But then all of a sudden some, something happened at the Music City Bowl, and they're like, well, we're firing Moorhead too because they're getting Lane Kiffin, and we're going to go get Mike Leach. And I don't know, man. It's hmm. weird. Yeah, it was kind of a strange ordeal. I mean, we've already seen coming out of Starkville that Coach Beamer's name has been mentioned with Mississippi State as well. Do you all think he'll get a call? I think he'd get a call. This is Weiss Alma Mata. That's where they met. That's where he started his coaching career. I don't think it's a better job in South Carolina. Uh, oh, I don't either. I'm not saying change going anywhere. I don't. I think the percentage that happens is less I think than it's, zero. But I think it's a it's better. It's a better job now that the divisions are going away. Because yeah. as is the case with anybody that's in the West. You know, like basically, you know, you're playing Ole Miss every year and then get a deck of cards out and the seven you're dealt, that's what's going to determine what your ceiling and floor is in a given season. Um, so there's that. Uh, but no, I don't think Shane would go to – I mean, I don't know. Yeah, Look, I don't know. I don't know. No, Maybe. I'm not saying that. I'm saying do you think he'll get a call? I think he would get a call. But Shane's sure. not leaving here for Mississippi State. Um, I, I would be highly surprised. I mean, I'd be but, beyond highly surprised. <laughs> I mean, I just you know, Starkville versus here. Yeah. I, and, and that's what people have to keep in mind that, that the Beavers really, really like living in Columbia. Yeah. And if if you think about when well, they lived in Athens, they lived in Blacksburg, they lived in Starkville. You know, Columbia is their favorite place. That kind of tells you they probably like a place that's got a little bit more of a city type five than maybe uh, maybe the other smaller college towns. Would it make more sense for Mississippi state to look for a coach? Like you just, you just said something that's important. I think it's going to be forgotten, forgotten about as a lot of these discussions are had publicly, but would it make more sense um, for the Bulldogs to search or uh, not search, but target a coach who understands their way around the SEC. Because, as you just pointed out, like there's a difference in being able to coach and recruit to and win in the SEC, but also just being buried in the bottom of the division out there where you're seeing the same four teams every year that are just going to, you know, really never let you up for air versus – getting that steady rotation like you're about to start getting next year. Okay, so, well, what are you getting out of here, man? Okay, well, guys like Gus Malzahn. Um, I mean, is it is it time for Bobby Petrino to, to get another look after everything that he's been through? A guy like Dan Mullen. Uh, you know, would Dan Mullen entertain even doing that again? Um, I don't know that he would or that he should, but, like, I think that there's a lot to consider when you've got the league going where it's going, abolishing divisions. 
as to whom you may may target for this job. Dan Mullen, I don't think I don't think you're bringing Dan Mullen back. He, he I just don't think now. I think I think Arkansas, if it opens, there's two guys to look out for from what I hear, uh, and that would be uh, Dan Mullen and Gus Malzahn. <laughs> And I think Malzahn's getting the first call. Hey, what if you just just hold on for a second? What if uh, remove Gus from the conversation? Actually, now bring Gus into the conversation. Come on, Gus. What, what if what if it what if it all just whacks out? Kiffin heads to uh, College Station. Um, Malzahn ends up at Ole Miss. Petrino ends up at Mississippi State. Mullen ends up at Arkansas. That'd be kind of weird, wouldn't it? That would be odd. <laughs> I, but, but Arkansas, see, Put Arkansas. I mean, what are we doing? Like, there's no better job in the world than being a fired football coach, man. Hey, he failed at your school, right? He sure did. All right, hell yeah, bring him on. You know, give him a give him a hundred million. We can do it. All those guys have been fired. Malzahn's been fired. Petrino's been fired. Uh, Kiffin, Kiffin was fired from Southern Cal and, and the Raiders and, uh, who else is in there? Mullen was fired from Florida. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, All I right. Just, so he, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 he, you're good. He, here's the problem with Arkansas. They've never brought the native son home. Okay. They never brought Jimmy Johnson back. Bear Bryant grew up in Arkansas, never brought him home. They tantalizingly were close to getting Gus. Gus signed a record contract. Auburn paid him. We, we, Auburn, before before there was a Jimbo Fisher contract, Auburn <laughs> signed. Because Auburn for two weeks in, in 2017, for two weeks they were the best team in the country. They beat Georgia by 23 points. They beat Alabama by 12. Those two teams played for the national title. Then their running back gets hurt and says offense doesn't work, and Georgia shuts them down in the SEC championship game, and then they end up losing to UCF in the, in the Peach Bowl. So it was like a four-loss team, but he was negotiating with Arkansas behind the uh, you know behind the scenes, right? And so they gave him this unreal contract, and he never quite got back. All right, so they didn't bring Butch Davis home. Remember Butch Davis? Arkansas just never brought the guy home. So I, I think, you know, unlike Texas A&M, which has tried everything, you know, if, if you can bring Gus home, you know, you, you probably want to do it. But I'll also, you know, you know who else is from, from Arkansas is Eli Drinkwitz. Mm-hmm. You know who else is, is sitting out there? At, if you want to hire somebody that's been fired, let's throw this guy in the mix because he beat your Wyoming Cowboys ass on yeah. Friday. Yeah, By the way, did. I'm 5-0 f- picking Wyoming games this year. Four of those wins are thanks to JB. And really, the last one, too, because I picked UNLV just for the heck of it. But uh, he, he, he at, a, at a job that no one has ever ever been able to get much traction at. He's 8-2 and two in the Mountain West Yeah, with a freshman quarterback. So, Do you think he should have ever been let go at Missouri? I mean, it's hard to say – right now that he shouldn't have, but those years, you know, the years following his dismissal, when was it like that was 2019. That was the year that, that they had Ke- Kelly Bryant. And 
I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the guy can coach. He had some good years at Arkansas the D.C. Um, obviously has the right offensive coordinator out at UNLV and can – and he's really a guy that's – Barry Odom is more of a more with less guy, If I th- you know, if you think about it. He – his best years at Arkansas as the D coordinator were the, was the pandemic year where they were behind the eight ball, didn't have much personnel, and he just schemed and schemed and schemed. Best years as, as a D.C. – before he got the Missouri job, actually, guys were were at Memphis under with Justin Fuente. Uh, you look up and Memphis was giving up like ten points a game, and, and you're like, "Wow, what happened?" Uh, Memphis Memphis has not stopped anyone since, you know. Um, so maybe he's a more with less guy, but I, you know, I it's hard to say right now given the way Drinkwitz has put together that roster and the corrections Eli has made to his coaching staff, i.e giving Baker the D coordinator job and getting rid of Steve Wilkes, which is a disaster. Um, and then giving up play calling this year. Uh, it's hard to say that if you're in Missouri right now, but I think yeah, you want to throw the fired bunch in there. Let's fight. Let's throw Barry Odom because he's winning. I think that there are, um, you know, again, we stay in this little sec bubble, but, it's probably not a bad thing to expand it. Again, I'm a believer that Jim Harbaugh is not going to be returning next year, so Michigan is going to have to make a hire, as is Michigan State, um, as we as we both well know. But uh, And I'm not saying that they're going to fire Jim Harbaugh. I just think that he's getting out of there. He, he's, he's probably done with this whole ordeal. And there's, then when you, when you look in the in the ACC, I mean, there's there, I don't know where they're going to be. But there's going to be movement. I mean, you know, you've got the Elko situation. Like everybody thinks, Mike Elko is only going to be a candidate for A and M. Mike Elko is probably a candidate everywhere. Um, I find it unless they can, you know, unless they're going to end up paying him a bunch of money. I feel like Kalen DeBoer is a guy who's probably going to end up. Like there's going to be major jobs that come open this year. Um, I, I wouldn't. I don't know what's going to happen at Syracuse. It's not a really a good job, but it's probably a job that I would think has a chance at opening. Um, I think that um, Tony and, and and Brent and those guys up at Virginia and Virginia Tech have probably bought themselves some more time, mm-hmm. um, you know. But, you know, there's going to be – there's just a lot of stuff that has not happened yet, but it's going to happen. You just said it a minute ago with, with Lane. Like, when, when you get these openings, somebody somewhere is going to leave, and it's going to create something we didn't really anticipate seeing. So, if there was one job, get out of the SEC. Get out of the SEC. One job, program seems to be solid, you know. Hey, man, they're on solid ground. You know, you're not even thinking, like, they're not going to have the same coach next year out there in college football. Outside of the SEC, who is it? Or have you even – No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Because I don't think they're going to have their (laughs) – I don't think is, they'll have their coach next year, but I don't believe that would be a good solid footing. I mean, you know, my money would be on like Northwestern has an interim, but I looked up the other day and they're five and five, <laughs> and they've beaten like a bunch. They've beaten some good teams. Uh, so I, shoot, Big Ten's hard. Uh, you know, I, I don't think Chip Kelly's on the hot seat. At UCLA, no. I'm going to cheat and look at my uh, next coach to get fired right. odds here. Hey, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. It, but he wouldn't get fired. What about Mac? 
You think he's going to retire? I don't know. Got to replace quarterback next year. Still can't mm-hmm. play defense. I, I'm just, you know, I, if we, if we, you know, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about guys getting fired or we're talking about guys taking other jobs? Well, because you could have so, Washington, Oregon vacancy State, for Oregon. For whatever reason, right? Yeah. Vacant, that's how I'm reading it. Vacancy for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. Something. Or, I mean, correct. Yeah. Phil, you're right. But, I mean, I guess I, if I had to lean one way or another, I would lean towards, ooh, didn't see that coming. Not like uh, I could see why they'd pluck him away. Like, wow. Let go you know, this guy or that man, he's retiring. Like something for you know what I mean? That that oh San Diego State came up in today. Brady Hoke announced he's retiring after this year. Good for so him. yeah, that's where I think Zach Arnett's going. I think he's either gonna go take San Diego State uh as a head coach, or that's where he came from, or he's gonna go to SC as the D coordinator. But see, like Matt Rule and Billy Napier are on the next coach to be fired odds list. Matt Rule? Matt Rule? Matt Rule. How about that? Well, oh, dude, come on. <laughs> he's gotten Satterfield the last two weeks yeah. to Maryland and Michigan State. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, I, but you I, can't. I, Baylor's probably the one. But I think that's a case of them having way, way, way too high of expectations that were set. They're having, having a random. I mean, they're not good this year at all, and they are, they seem to be going backward. But and their their defense is terrible. The dude, well, that's because he's probably not any players. I mean, the dude. I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, that that would basically be firing him after one bad season and one like seven and six season. So I just, I mean, have the expectations that Baylor gotten that big to where everybody's know. who hires. Lance Leipold out of Kansas. Yeah, I bet he stays at Kansas or or, or, or Michigan State. Uh, he's yeah, he, 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 he and the kid got the guy. He's the perfect guy for Michigan State, in my opinion. If you, yeah, he you you might be right about that. He can't stay at Kansas. All he has to do is look over at Ames, Iowa, and figure out what happens. I mean, not that they're not making. Making good money. I mean, hey, look, you know, Matt Campbell's got Iowa State at five and two, six and four. I mean, they're up there in the top of the league, but boy, he had every chance to cash in, JC, with the NFL, with some of the bigger uh, brands in college football, and he chose to stay there, and he's been trying to dig out of that hole for two years. Would West Virginia uh, cut out wow. Neil Brown's heart to bring Jimbo Fisher back home? I don't know. I think that'd be a huge no, mistake. That would, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't because I don't think Jimbo is going to do in the Big Twelve with that offense. <laughs> I think West Virginia is going to finish eight and four, six and three in the league. You realize that, right? They've got That's Cincinnati enough. at home and, and Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, and neither one of them are good. So that would, I mean, they got beat. They got throttled. They got embarrassed really by Oklahoma this past week. But eight and four, six and three. Yeah, they'll be. He ain't going anywhere. Is the Big 12 more tempting to hang around for Leipold because of the, you know, because you got the top two making their way out? That's a good point. If I'm Lance Leipold, I'm like sitting there going, okay, so, so what, what are my, what are my goals? Are my goals <laughs> just to sit here and play out the strings? I'm, I'm making millions of dollars now. Uh, I'm finally going to take care of my family financially. 
Kansas is going to pay me anything I want to stay because they've got money. Or do I want to win a national championship? Because he won one at Wisconsin Whitewater. A lot of it's funny. Wisconsin Whitewater is an interesting story. Uh, my kids' school here, they're kind of these coaches that they love sending kids to D2 ball and they don't like the D1 game, right? So there's all kinds of kids from Lawport that have gone to Wisconsin Whitewater. It is a proud program, and he won national championships there. Buffalo, which seems to always find coaches, found him. Took them to the top 25. Now he's winning at Kansas. He's in his 60s. He's not young. So do you take Michigan State and take a, take a shot at it, you know, in the Big Ten and make even more money, kind of back in your footprint? Or do you just stay at Kansas where, eh, you know, if I win seven or eight games a year, they're going to love me, you know. Um, so I don't make know. A game four out of five years. Yeah. You just, you know, you get to, you set yourself up like stoops. I mean, you know, that's the perfect, it's the perfect place to be. Low expectations, plenty of money, willing to spend. Yeah. Stoops, though. I mean, keep in mind, Stoops has been there. This is his, what, 10th year? 11th yeah, so. at Kentucky. Yeah. He's the all time winningest coach there. He's still a young man. If Mama calls, I'm about because all those Stoops boys went to Iowa and played yeah, them. Okay. For him. They're all Hawkeyes. I'm just telling. Well, I think that's the only job he leaves Kentucky for. I mean, legit. I, I I don't see him leaving other than if Iowa calls. Well, the game plan to win at Iowa is essentially the same as winning at Kentucky. I mean, you just got to go out yeah. and evaluate people and be resourceful with your roster. I mean. I'm sure he'd run a better offense than Kirk Ferentz. But uh, this whole Kirk Ferentz thing's is for I mean, he, th- that guy, he's like Bobby Bowden when he stuck with Jeff as the OC. I remember that. And they made him get rid of Jeff and hire Jimbo as the head coach in waiting. That was a long time ago, right? Right, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so I, I don't know, man. I just, uh, I, I think – to answer your question, Jamie, I don't know. I mean, of the one that I definitely see opening, I keep hearing Baylor. I think that's grossly unfair. Um, Tom Allen at Indiana is probably going to get fired because you know he lost his he lost his coordinators and his quarterback, and I think people are seeing that was kind of the secret sauce because <laughs> Kane Womack's doing really good at South Alabama for South Alabama, and uh, Kayla DeBoer obviously is in the playoff line. So, you know, Syracuse. I don't know. I'll, I, I, yeah. I'll tell yeah. you. Here's another name. Uh, we got to hit our final break, right, Phil? It's our final break. Yeah, we got here, one more. Here's here's another name to chew on, and we, we can come back to it. And I don't know where this guy's going to end up, but it it, it kind of boggles my mind. We haven't seen his name floated yet. He's not sexy. Not like Mad Dog. Mad Dog is what you would call sexy. This this guy, there's nothing sexy about it. Willie Fritz uh, at Tulane. Uh, they they've been really good. Twenty one and three combined the last two years. If you can recruit at Tulane and get players like he's getting down there, when you got LSU right down the road, um, it really really is impressive. So we'll come back to that, and we'll dip our toes into the basketball waters as well, and then we'll begin to wrap up things here on this Monday afternoon. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Electric Bikes Charleston 
com this holiday season. You're looking for that big gift. Man, that's that's where you want to go. I promise you. ElectroBitesCharleston.com. We'll be right back. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Cold Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nanasports.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. For chicken cock, we get a medium to medium plus toast, the char level. We use a number three level char. If you char it too deep, you start burning away some of those flavor components that you just created. If you just char a barrel and you don't toast it, you're going to create some of those flavors just on a thin layer just inside the char, but not the actual depth and full extent of flavors uh, that you're going to get if you toast it properly. All those elements, that's exactly what they do. They boil down to great flavor. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. Go Gamecocks. This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspaper's 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. All right, final segment here on a uh, Monday afternoon. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. What do, you th- what do you think about that, by the way? Fritz was the head coach at Central Missouri from 97 to 20 to 2009. And then he was at Sam Houston State from 2010 to 2013. He had a 40 and 15 record. He went 17 and 7 in Statesboro when he was coaching Georgia Southern. And then he got the Tulane and they gave him his time, you know. And But the, what's funny about all that is, 
he went four and eight, five and seven, seven and six, seven and six, six and six. You know, kind of surviving, treading water. Twenty-one, two and ten, bam, for a multitude of reasons. And then last year they went twelve and two, and now nine and one this year. So they didn't fire him after the two and ten, and it's and it's paid off. I'm, are are you surprised that? He just hasn't gotten the traction. Maybe he doesn't throw his name out there a bunch. Maybe he likes where he's at. I don't know. He was up for Missouri uh, a couple of years. When they hired Drinkwitz, it was an interesting situation because it was it was Willie Fritz, Dave Doran, and Skip Holtz were the three names the Missouri AD took to their board of regents. And then they were like, no. How about no? <laughs> and they made him go back, and, and then he landed on Eli. They were like, we want a young offensive guy. We you know. Uh, I guess Willie Fritz is in, in Missouri to their, they probably have some PTSD a little bit because they hired for basketball. They hired like the guy that won in Missouri Southern and he was a complete disaster. I mean, he was awful. I mean, so they were probably like, how about no on Willie Fritz? But Willie Fritz is like, if you're Mississippi state, see, that's what I, you think, I think you think about it because, you know, you, you don't quite recruit you don't recruit quite as well offensively uh, as Ole Miss as far as the big-time quarterbacks and stuff, but you do have access to some fast receivers, good backs, big offensive linemen, and dual-threat quarterbacks, and that's kind of his system. Um, you know, so he's right here. Jamie Chadwell's 3-1, to one, the leader, which I think that's probably who I'd hire if I were Mississippi State. Jeff Levy, who's an air raid guy, and then Willie Fritz is sitting there at 5-1. to one. Um, I think at Mississippi State, it's always smart to be a special prep, especially on offense. That's where, that's where I think Barnett completely screwed the pooch. Because think about it: whenever they've won, like under Jackie Sherrill, they got all those JUCOs. They always had a dual threat quarterback that would light you up on the ground. They'd run the ball. They play exotic defense. Uh, Dan Mullen speaks for himself, you know, uh, as far as how hard his stuff is to stop. Uh, Mike Leach, obviously which is a, a different style, but it's still something you got to prep for. And and they won their share of games when they've just been kind of normal. Hadn't gone so well, like Sylvester crew in that era, they had one winning season and then he got fired, you know? So I think, I think if you're Mississippi state, you gotta you understand who you are and, and go get a ball coach. You know, Tom Herman would be a good fit there, but uh, they had Jimbo Fisher on the list too. But uh yeah, I mean Willie Fritz would be a. I think he's an excellent coach. I think he's uh, a guy that uh, you know uh, could, could win and strive. He's won everywhere else, and obviously the challenge of the SEC has to be appealing. Yeah, I think he's appealing to them too because I mean of his time in Louisiana. Because I mean, there's a heck of a lot more players there are in Louisiana than there are in Mississippi. And it's yeah, not as far from home, and you'll be able to kind of mine that for that kind of next level guy in Louisiana. That is, you know, yeah, you just find well, the right ones that you need, and then put together what you got. Yeah, <laughs> Dak Prescott, and then they're running back with Dak Prescott Williams. They're both Louisiana kids. Yeah, Dak mm-hmm. is a Northern Louisiana kid, so that makes total sense. I mean, I'm just like, you know, why not do it? Um, or if it's Michigan, Michigan State. They need to realize who they are, too. <laughs> you know, how did they win all those games under Mark D'Antonio? Because Mark D'Antonio, I'd evaluated everybody and had a salty, salty defense 
and the D offense complimented the defense. And then they got tired of not scoring any points. We're not scoring any points. And then he wouldn't adjust. And so they go get Mel Tucker. They have one good year because of a, a special running back. I still don't know how in the hell Wake Forest found him in Tennessee, but they did. But he's starting for the Broncos now, Kenneth Walker. Pretty good player, right? Uh, and they, they go to the Sugar Bowl. Everybody gets that ridiculous contract. Now look at him. Gone. <laughs> uh <laughs> And but Mel Tucker is that Saban tree guy, and they have obviously connections to Saban and stuff. But I, I just think that uh, I think if Michigan State, uh, Mississippi State, Jamie Chadwell, Willie Fritz, Lance Leopold, guys like that, you know, they've proven that they're hard to beat, no matter what the the I don't want to say restrictions, but I guess the limitations are on building an elite roster. How does that sound? I can't say I would disagree with that at all. You think Jimbo uh, actually coaches next year, though? Like legitimately? No. I don't. No, no. I think he buys I the think, top of a mountain and disappears for a little while. I think, I think, so I think we got a beach house, mountain house, and I wouldn't be supposed to see him on TV, ESPN. Something I like thought that. about that. Yeah, yeah. Jimbo, Jimbo's got like the he's he's, he's been in such a so so many high pressure. Situations yeah. that he yeah. doesn't come across as friendly, but he is—he's got a good personality if he's relaxed and stuff. So Jimbo, Jimbo be good on TV. I mean, everybody likes somebody on Jimbo, a name Jimbo. You know, color that Sean McDonough, Jimbo Fisher here. You know, or at least <laughs> when Mullen gets back in it, he can take Mullen's place in the studio. That's what I was going to say in the studio. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be good in studio. Swap roles. To your point, by the way, on Willie Fritz being able to recruit Louisiana forty-three. 43 players on Tulane's roster from the state of Louisiana. That is really, it's, truly That's a state, man. You need yeah. to. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's so LSU-focused, but it's it, 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 it took a dip numbers-wise for a little while there, guys. That's why Tulane struggled probably because they didn't have uh, – so many people left after Katrina in the mid-2000s that the population went down. Well, now a lot of people have moved back. I mean, the population's back up. Uh, and all that good stuff, but you can have, I mean, you know, look at those Louisiana, look at what Billy Napier did at Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or they, I'm right. sorry, they call themselves mm-hmm. Louisiana, but uh, Louisiana Tech's normally been good. Uh, Monroe, not so much, but you know, Tulane and Tulane academics and stuff aside, I mean, they, they, uh, gosh, I mean, Willie Fritz is the only one that's done it consistently because Tommy got, Tommy Bowden got out of there. He went seven and four. Then undefeated with Rich Rod as his OC, and then got out and took Clemson. Um, Mac Brown was there, I think, two years, maybe just one. He was at App State one. He was at Tulane two or three years. Took him to a bowl, took North Carolina. Uh, and those are the only guys that have ever won there. I mean, they, they really uh, – I think they had Curtis Johnson may have taken them to a bowl game. Uh, he was a high school coach from New Orleans that took it for a while, but uh, they, it's 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 tough because it is a job. That I mean, look, they used to be in the SEC. You guys know that, don't you? Well, uh, yeah. Tulane, yeah. Georgia Tech, and Sewanee, the University of the Sewanee. South. Yeah, <laughs> man, Sewanee is on a mountain. If you if you drive from Chattanooga to Nashville, halfway, you go up on Montpelier, and. Uh, I think it's Montpelier or something like that. And uh, 
Sawani's up there on the on the literally on the mountain. So one day I pulled off and I was like, I'm gonna take a look at their football stadium. <laughs> Wando High School, ten times. I, look, I, I'll, I it's just wooden bleachers, man. <laughs> and these guys used to play in the SEC. <laughs> Alabama rolled into town. Could you imagine that now? <laughs> so I bet Vanderbilt sort of because of those wishes they do. They'd have done that, you know. Hey, well, maybe we should have, maybe we should have thought about that. But uh, yeah, Georgia. It's, it, it was crazy. Is two two lane left because of the academic. They couldn't keep up too. But like Georgia Tech left. Georgia Tech pulled a like a like a South Carolina. Like a, we'll go independent and be better than the SEC because uh, Bobby Dodd didn't like Bear Bryant. That's why Georgia Tech is in the Alabama fight zone. Because they used to be bitter rivals. Because Georgia Tech was a powerhouse. They were really good. And then, so they thought they, yeah, they were like Texas or what, this national. We're, we're just going to go independent. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, it's just nut, nutty stuff, man. Yeah. In case you missed it today, 730 under the lights, Clemson and South Carolina. On Thanksgiving weekend. Tonight at 7 on the SEC Network Plus or ESPN Plus. The key debts of VMI travel to Columbia to take on the Gamecocks, who are 2-0, looking to be 3-0. This is game one of the Arizona tip-off. Carolina, 22.5-point favorites tonight at Colonial Life Arena. We can see if we will watch and see if the hot shooting beyond the arc and overall stays intact. Derek and Casey will be on the call beginning at 6.30. Can't, can't wait to watch him play. I, I didn't say enough about the games Friday today. I'm sorry. I kept running my mouth. But we'll talk about yeah, it more. Derek will uh, join us later on this week as well. Look forward to getting him back in. Carolina, 7-3 and three all-time versus VMI. Thanks to Pat DeMarco. And thanks to John Whittle. Thoughts and prayers with Jimbo Fisher as he will receive $19,390,625 in the next 60 days and $7.2 million a year after that until 2031. Or now he's going to get through it. I know. Someone's got to do it. For JC and Phil, I'm JB. We are inside the Gamecocks, the show, part of the Chief Sports Network, which is presented by Dixie Vodka, Mike Morgan, Hale McGranahan tomorrow. We'll see you then at 11.